We're joined on this episode by the one and only James Powell, great guy, good friend of mine, and uh, excited to have him on, 10-year Marine Corps veteran, and did quite a lot of work with the CIA, which he's written about extensively. Uh, Before we do get to him, I know that many of you in the audience are stocking up on ammunition, and no matter where you go, it is flying off the shelves right now. Things are really crazy, uh, but... If you're looking to get ammo, the place to go is Fort Scott Munitions. And what they have left, you're going to want to stock up on because it is all truly just leaving the shelves as fast as they restock. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue. TUI, tumble upon impact, that's their trademark. It leaves devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC-spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. So many listeners of this show have converted over to Fort Scott and have told us the difference, and uh, they're loving it. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. I say in every state, but that's like if your state still uh, has a Second Amendment at this point. Things are uh, ridiculous out there. I don't need to tell you guys. Um, use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. That's Fort Scott Munitions, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast, uh, let's get right over to that music, and I, I don't mention it enough, uh, done for us by Jimmy Allen, the great Jimmy Allen from Against All Will, uh, and formerly of Puddle of Mud, still has a songwriting credit on their latest, but check out what Jimmy is up to, uh, yeah, let's hit it. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on Battle Line Podcast. Uh, first of all, man. 
James Powell, I appreciate you coming in studio because I feel like no one wants to come in studio right now <laughs> because New York City is a complete ghost town, which you're seeing for yourself. Um, and I'll give James's background. A lot of the, you know, people who have who have checked out stuff that I've done in the past know your writing, of course. Uh, writer, former CIA intelligence officer, 10-year Marine Corps veteran, um, focused on, in the CIA, was with full-spectrum intelligence operations related to the Middle East, South America, and Africa and as well as your liaison duties with foreign and U.S. intelligence partners. Also some work in the nuclear security industry. You've done a whole lot of stuff. And I honestly just selfishly wanted to see this guy again because it's probably been, what, like a year and a half right, yeah, since yeah. Yeah. we've hung out. And this is your first time uh, of you guys talking to each other. And yeah. you both have well, CIA background, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I haven't been in the in the, in the the radio business like you have for years. So I don't, this is my first time talking to any guest that's ever come on for the most part, <laughs> except, except for, Jim, except for uh, Jim West. That's the only one nice. I think I've talked because he's come on twice. Yeah. <laughs> what, who's come in studio, you're saying? No, no, just if, just in general. I don't speak. This is my first time talking to anybody that's come on the studio or on our show because I've never done this before. So <laughs> I, I don't have to. That's what I say. Okay, we're, we're, I've confused the hell out of you. I? I don't know what you're saying. Uh, but Sorry, you, you know what actually would be interesting to get into, I think, is like, this audience knows that you're not shy about it. You, your background with the CIA, Chris, like yeah. you have a lot of negative things to say about the CIA at large. Well, negative on the, as far as getting in the head shed, yes. But some guys on the ground, you know, the, no, it's it's like in anything else, though, whether in the military or, uh, or military or agency paramilitary, the guys on the ground are always doing the job and they get the kudos. And they, but, you know, they should from the guys that are working. But when you get into the head shed, the headquarters elements, no, because they they get it gets very political as far as decisions being made. And from my experience, it, it specifically, you know, even just Benghazi, but also other places, it's never about the guys. It, it really isn't. It's not even really about the mission. It's about okay, what do we need to do to set up our political candidate to get him elected or her elected? What's going to make them look good? Oh, wait a second. I may be running for office later after my career. What do I need to do to set myself up to to make a political run? Uh, and with your if you're in the higher echelons, or and it also just to get assigned as to be a director. I mean, who am I backing? Who's going to get elected? What mission should I do? It's going to make me look good because I think this person's going to win. And it becomes less about the guys and more about well political uh, political missions political ramifications so yeah I, I always i because of the higher levels and i've seen it that's the thing is i've experienced it it's not something that i've saw from i read in a book or 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 somebody else has told me i've i've, I've seen it i've been a part of it and i've seen what happens at the worst levels people die mm, yeah. because of political ramifications and yeah. But to say that everybody's shitty in the agency, nah, no. No, and I, I know you. That's why I'm wondering from your perspective, like at the agency, positive experience, negative experience. I mean, like, how do you look? Because I've never even asked you that, really. Um, if we're looking at the like thirty thousand foot level, I absolutely agree with uh, Chris. Um, a lot of politics. Uh, I've had bosses who have made it not directly come out and said it, but have made it known that um, they lean a certain way. So. They want us to lean that way. They never sure. came out and said, your reporting needs to lean that way. But they were very, uh, very openly secret about the way they wanted us to lean. Now, they never said the seventh floor, you know, which is where the decision makers are, wants yeah. it this way. But 
I mean, if you're a boss, whatever level you're at, you answer to those people on the seventh floor. So, you know, you know, you know where your direction comes from. So um, I've seen it that way. Uh, But when we're looking at the ground level, I mean, like Chris said, that's where the literal rubber meets the road and some great um, men and women that I work with. Of course, there were some. Here and there, and uh, I'm sure <laughs> you and I. Bags in any They're always going to get one, and I'm even a bit of shit bag on one. Absolutely. Of the we, Who says yeah, I wouldn't? Exactly. I'm sure someone could say the same about me. Um, but one thing that I, one myth I think that the agency pushes is that um, whether it's reporting or training or whatever it is, like the farm and stuff, that it's very. Uh, I'm always getting this mixed up. That it's very objective. That it's this is the standard. If you don't meet it, you're gone or whatever it is. Um, and I experienced that myself. Uh, but I also saw a lot of it and people who actually were in positions of um, whether they were instructors or whatever they were. They said it's very subjective. So if that let's just say you're doing an exercise against a role player, that role player has a bad day or, yeah. you know, has a. Uh, reputation uphold, you know, as a hard ass or whatever it is. Um, if they decide, well, it's time to turn on the hard ass hammer, even if you did it right, nope, you're gigged. You're, you're dinged for that. And uh, that could make or break, you know, whether you pass, fail or whatever. And it's, ha- it's happened to me. And that's not me crying. That's not me saying, woe is me. This, you know, I don't, I can't, I'm not in that person's head. So I can't say that's the way it was. But later on, I've been told to not necessarily me personally but other people you know yeah they they didn't make it because the instructors didn't like them or um they got pulled from that op because you know their boss didn't like them you know a personal thing not that they're suited best for the mission but a personal thing so on that ground level we have like chris said there's shit bags there too so yeah but, but, overall, and, but you're right we, we used to call it the ranger school you call ri dependent mm-hmm. what's your grade well it's ri dependent it's dependent on the ranger instructor's Absolutely day yep. if he just had a breakup with his ex-wife or he caught his wife cheating on her it's going to filter down to your yep. level and, and it did i saw that with a ranger mchenry oh my gosh tremendous ranger and he was a 75th guy charlie company he was in my ranger school class and they were doing a walk and the ri i, I the word was that he just caught his wife cheating on him or his mm-hmm. girlfriend cheating on him and and Henry was walking. He was on his walk, and he did a spit. He did. He hopped. We, this is when we could dip back in Ranger School. I think he could dip anymore. But he went and he spit, and the R.I. thought he was spitting at him, and he kicked him out that day. That's. I mean, there was no gigs. There was no. You get a second chance. It's you're gone. And we're all like, "What the hell just happened?" All he did was spit his tobacco out because he didn't want to gut it. We're in mountain face. We're going up a mountain. He's and the R.I. But that, that's what we're talking about. And then it gets to the point there on that level to even on the grander scale level, seven floor level, if you're having a bad day. Well, guess what that affects? Yeah. That, that could be a whole destruction of a country yeah. <laughs> because you had a bad day. Absolutely. It, 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 or a political or it can be political. Then we get political ramifications into it or political leanings. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not objective at all. It becomes extremely, extremely subjective. And the funny thing, and I don't think they see it this way, or maybe they do and they just don't care because they're megalomaniacs now, is that just having a bad day can send do that butterfly effect, that ripple effect that goes down where you're just you have a you you've just made a failed state because you've had a bad day. I'm like, oh no, we don't do that. No, you're human. It happens yeah. and we've seen it before. It absolutely does. Yeah. And we Yeah, that's that's what's so scary about yeah. the agency and absolutely. the NSA and all those other FBI. Yep. It's human nature that can just totally destroy not just a person's lives, but 
lives, yeah. thousands of lives Absolutely. just because of a bad day. Absolutely. We had uh, one instructor when I was going through the farm. Um, she was a female uh, instructor, and she had a reputation for being a hard ass. And uh, I never – she was on a different side than me. There's sides to the whole thing, um, different sides. So I never role-played against her or anything like that. Um, but she was like feared, you know, she's going to hammer you. People don't, you know, don't make it when they, they go up against her, blah, blah, blah. And um, so I got bounced at the end, you know, and um, I saw her back at headquarters later on. And she, her reputation followed her so much that I actually hesitated to say hello to her. But <laughs> <laughs> I said hello to her. She was like, oh, my gosh. You know, she talked to me and she's the one that said to me, it's very, very subjective. She said, you know, um, we talked about, you know, what, what went on with me and all. And uh, she said, um, you know, but she said at the end of it, whatever, whatever you're going to do now, which I've moved into the, what's called the staff operations officer track. Um, she said, you're going to kill at it because she highlighted my uh, my the things that I was good at. She highlighted those things. And that's what took me through my career. And I was successful with it. So it's like at the end of the day, people are subjective. And yes, at the really high level and at the on the worst days people die but on the best days somebody like her comes to me and says focus on your strengths and that's what i did so that's why i'm saying the 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 uh positive stuff that came out of it far outweighed the negative for me yeah yeah that's cool i think that you guys you know have a different background though in the cia so that might be why you know, and, and also you haven't been involved in like the same type Absolutely. of thing Chris Well, says, for so. Chris, it was literal life and death. It was literal if somebody is being shitty of subjective, people <laughs> die. And he knows that firsthand, yeah. sees it, has seen it with his own eyes. With me, it was more if people are being subjective, either you don't pass a course or you're, the intel that you gathered is just kicked and, you know, put in the circular um, file and, you know, whatever. Um, so it wasn't. Now, I've been in crappy situations where it was life or death, but for him, it was like every single day. So yeah. definitely. But, and, and, you know, and speaking to James, James, that's why if, if you aren't good on the staff level, if you're not good on that 50,000 foot level and you do something wrong or subjective, you don't see the trickle down of work to get exactly. to where happens stuff happens mm -hmm. to me where people die. Absolutely. And that's what's they can rationalize that. If yeah. you don't have that's why I think on the staff level, you really have to have even more integrity, more virtue, more morality, because you're making a decision and you're passing it on and, and you may not see the actual ramifications of what that decision yeah. was. And it could lead to something really great where, Absolutely. hey, we found out where Bin Laden is yeah. or really awful where, no, the attack was due, a video, due to a video. Don't send guys down there. Nothing's good. Nothing's wrong. Nothing Absolutely. to see here. And I've seen and, the other end of that. I've seen I didn't wasn't there for the decision making process in certain operations, but I've seen where it'll hit the news or yes. we'll all of a sudden get a cable that says anyone that was involved in this operation, you need to send us everything you have right now. And people are scrambling. Holy crap. Was I involved in that? And our bosses will come out. Who was involved in it? You, you, you come into my office. And it's like you're like, holy shit. It's like it's almost like, you know, you're in a big family and. You know, you hear dad's on the warpath and so everybody's scrambling. What did I do? What did I do? You know, and, uh, you know, and everybody's trying to cover and stuff like that. And I've seen I've seen it. And it's uh, um, I saw it from a from the outside looking in the whole um, enhanced interrogation thing. When that whole thing started yeah, yeah. blowing up, like all the cables that were going out and like our bosses came to us. Were any of you involved in? I'm like, I wasn't even here when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even a part of this organization. And, uh, but I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It really is. 
Well, for the audience, they might be wondering, like, what goes into being a CIA intel officer? Because, uh, you know, I, I think people think of, oh, you have to have that super clean record. If you have a DUI, you're not getting in this organization. Gotcha. What, what goes into it? So um, – and please, Chris, chime in here because it may sure, – I don't know sure. if it's the same here. But well, what years were you – I mean, you guys are about so, the same age, roughly, I think. I'm 47. Yeah, so. For, 49, yeah. yeah so we, I, we, we could have crossed paths even I'm at, sure. even at, even at George Bush, man, yeah. and walked in and it's very likely we, yeah. we could have in this night. Absolutely. He probably had a beer down to Starbucks his. right yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, yeah. I was there from 2000, March 2008 to May of 2014. So yeah, we, um, yeah, so we same time absolutely. So matter of fact, we'll we'll talk about a uh, my mentor at the farm. I think you might know him. Yeah, go go ahead. I got some stories about. This. I love trucking at the farm, and it was like Disneyland. I walked on, like, oh my gosh, pristine. There's there's beach cruiser bikes everywhere. How yeah hard yeah yeah. <laughs> How hard could this place be? <laughs> oh, no, I know. So when you first, without going into like all the crazy details, um, you apply online um now i'm sure that there are the whole hey we want you kind of thing i'm sure that that happens too but so basically anybody else you just apply online um from the way i understand it there's you have like you set up a profile and i think that profile is only good for maybe a week two weeks or something like that and it disappears so you're not wasting their time you pick the jobs you want you send in your package, and then you'll either get what I call either the fat envelope or the, th the thin envelope. <laughs> if you get the thin one, it's, hey, thanks for playing. You can try again <laughs> later. You get the fat one, it's, these are your next steps. Then you'll go through little phone interviews, in-person interviews. Uh, and then if you make it through those, you'll do um, physical. Um, you go, like, through medical stuff, um, psych, uh, poly, all that stuff. Um, and then as far as – so the one thing with the uh, – the physical part of it. Um, and Chris is, I'm sure this is much different for him. Um, there is no, you know, um, you're 400 pounds. You can't, we, we're not going to take you. Um, at least on the operations and operations officer, staff operations officer, blah, 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 that side of the house, as long as it's not, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, as long as it's not, uh, paramilitary, there is no physical standard as far as like, you know, you have to be able to run a mile and a half in this time and all that other stuff. And a lot of people are put off by that. They think that they are, there is that. They think that that's, you know, I'm jumping out of airplanes. Well, did you? I mean, as a former Marine, you were probably Yeah, I was in shape and I was yeah. fine, but there was none. Like, I, when I was going through this, I'm like, all right, so when do we do the uh, physical fitness test? And they're like, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there, there is none of that. So now back in the day, there used to be um, – because I know at the farm, uh, I guess, I don't know when it stopped, but you used to, you know, um, run, used to jump out of airplanes, used to do all that stuff. Like everybody did it, but that they got away from that stuff. Uh, and I believe the reason is it was explained to me was we don't need people who all look the same. So if you have all these big buff guys and gals who are doing um, CrossFit every day and all this stuff, it's easier to pick them out, you know, when yeah. you have them, especially in crowd, you know, in a crowd of all of them. Um I think yeah. you've said it too, Chris, like <laughs> having the full sleeve tattoo, all that. Even, yeah. Even, you know, Jane, that's what we, we did have, you know, we, we, we did, we had PT tests, mm -hmm. um, you know, we had dummy drags and, and, and everything else we had to do that to get in. But then again, if you were downrange working and, and, um, with the GRS guys or even the GB guys, especially if you're going out in town, yeah, you didn't want 
those guys that no, I never did. It's like, no, you're you're well the high the high vis stuff you can ride with me, but the low no. Because yep. no matter how much stuff you try to cover up mm-hmm. with, you just look like a big white dude yeah. that's doing male hormone therapy. Exactly. It's like, just don't <laughs> get shit off. Yeah. So you're, she's spot on on that. I mean, you did need those kind of guys, believe me. They're, Absolutely. They, they, for, for certain missions that we needed. And, and believe me, Roan Ron was a big dude like that. He, I don't think he wanted to portray himself like that or he's trying to be. He just was a big guy. And believe me, we needed that big guy yep. that night. But they're just doing daily ops. You don't blame it at all. You yeah. stick out like a sore thumb. All they got to do is, oh, there, there he is. Where Absolutely. I was just saying, guys, yeah, we may not all look like we're Arabic or, or Afghani, but we don't need to look like we're American either because mm-hmm. there's expats everywhere. There's 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 Western Europeans everywhere because of Docs Without Borders and UNHCR. So yep. we can at least blend in some of we're not looking in like myself. I, I spoke Spanish when I was there, even in even in these other countries yeah. because we, they'd have people from Spain and, and Latin America. It's like, dude, just don't look American Absolutely. with the sleeve tats and the vet bro. And, <laughs> you know, I don't want you there, yeah. man. Get out of my car. I'll, I'll, I'll go somebody else. I can remember going over to, uh, to Kabul uh, the last time and um, they said, you know, hey, you know the deal. Bring your gear to this airport. You're going to go down to, you know, you don't check in. You go down to this uh, level and you're gonna, there are going to be other people there. They're going to have a uh, clipboard. We'll get your name. When you dress, make sure you're just regular, casual. You're in jeans, yeah. you know, T-shirts. But I get down there, there's 5'11 bags. There's, uh, you know, cami. There's all this. And I'm like, oh, my God. And we're all standing around in a group. We're standing together, right? <laughs> we're all standing in a group. And I'm like, well, if anybody asks, I just got home from my – I'm in the Marine Corps or something. I was like, this is ridiculous. That's hilarious. Yeah. Man. It's just the culture. And you're standing with, or was that when you got home from Kabul, or was that when you went to? Kabul? No, was I that, went too. And you're getting on that is bus. Somebody holding a holding a sign that says IED here. It was just ridiculous. Oh, I hated that. Yeah, and oh. it's a culture. It's uh, like when I was back at headquarters, um, you could tell the people who had just either were coming back from or going over to a war zone because they had big long beards, massive watches, like couldn't even see their hands. And usually those are the ones who were going and only going for the first time. Um, and, you know, you can pick them out. It's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're on their way because they have like yeah. all the REI gear and and it's just – it, the it's Taliban, a, you know, they love G-Shock watches. That's absolutely. how you're blending in. Yeah. You got to have big ass G-Shock. Absolutely. Like if you can't, if you can't, if you can't look, if you have to look at your watch close, you're doing it wrong because it should be so big that you can see it from across. The room. <laughs> you can see it from. <laughs> yeah, and, and I have one of a, um, a mentor of mine, um, uh, Gary Schroen. He was a really great guy. Um, we were talking one day in the hallways, and he's like, some kid walked by, long hair, long beard, and he's all that. And he's like, when I started, he's like, if you saw that hippie shit here, he was like, they'd be dragged out and someone would cut their hair. But at the time, everybody was all war zone. Everybody wanted to go to the war zone. Some people had to for their career. um, But, uh, yeah, it's all a a culture thing, man. And I hope, I think, that we're moving away from – not moving away from the war on terrorism. Okay, it's over. Let's go fight something else. But we need to be good at splitting ourselves. We need, okay, we're fighting the war on terror, but we also have China to worry about. We also have Russia. We also whatever to worry about. And at the time that I was there, we had gotten away from it big time. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's my question then because that's all, I, you know, I, we didn't get into a lot of the I, into a lot of the uh, um, cyber warfare because that wasn't me. I, I'm not that smart. No, me either. me either. So, so, but that was always wondering. I mean, I, my, our focus was, 
GWAT was mm-hmm. global want to, and, that, and that's what we our focus was. That's what we should have focused mm-hmm. on as far as what we were doing. But do you feel that when you were there, especially when you're because because you're right, I guess I didn't pay attention to it, but I didn't really see and didn't yeah. hear much about it. Granted, yeah. I didn't put myself in the mm-hmm. position to hear about it, but more of the cyber cyber warfare. This because that's a big thing. I mean, and then like I said, with the with the China virus or whatever you want to call it with that kind of warfare uh, going on, whether it was mistake or not, it's obviously they still were making something and it affected the global economy. Is the agency addressing those sort of things, brother, or they're just washing their hands on it because we're not good at it. I, I, are we not? Are we not doing it because we aren't good at it? I, I think from what I've from people I've talked to who are still there, uh, it looks like our focus is now starting. We're starting to right the ship a little bit and bringing it back towards what we were born on, what the agency was born on. Um, and so I so, yeah, the things like the virus, they're starting to they've always been an element. Sure. Yeah, of that, Um, because I worked in most of my time, uh, besides a small time that I was in um, any, I worked in NR. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. National Resources. (laughs) So that's U.S.-based stuff. Um, So, yeah. So in partnership with labs or whatever, we were doing that stuff. But the nexus was always in my uh, in my purview, the way I saw it was always going back towards terrorism. Okay, we see this virus. Did Hezbollah do it? Did <laughs> ISIS it. do it? Did you know? It was always that. Um, and then until it was disproven otherwise, but it was always there. As far as the cyber stuff was concerned, it was kind of the same thing. It was like, okay, we have these um, these cyber offices, we, and they were just there's some amazing people. Some of the things I've seen, but it was mostly okay. Um, what's that uh, terror? That magazine that ISIS had or Al Qaeda? One of them. I knew you, you know about. what I'm talking about. That was yeah, a huge yeah, focus. Yeah, well, I, I could. I'm gonna Google it because yeah. I know exactly what you're talking. Because that's yeah. where we, it was actually a pretty well done. Yeah, it was very well. I mean, these are some as much as we you know try to call them goat herders or whatever we they, call them. There's they're some smart people. There's some smart. Yeah, they're very street savvy. I mean, those magazines had how to how to. I mean, they were unconventional warfare mm-hmm. bullets. Like here, here's how you here's how you blow somebody up with. They were more MacGyver than we were. Absolutely. Like, here, here, here's a pen and here's a goat shit. How do you yep. blow this shit? Yeah. I went back to the goat. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, Taliban. <laughs> and they took like the most simple weapon in the world. You know, as far as I'm concerned, this most simple terrorist tactic, and they mainstreamed it, which is using vehicles as. Yep. To just ramp run people over, you know, they made that, you know, make America or make make Fords great again, you know, they <laughs> they they're the one. It was like a simple, and everybody else is like, oh my god, he's why, didn't, that. Yeah. why didn't <laughs> I think of that, honey? You know, get the kids out of the car. I got something I got to go do, you know. And it was it, it's it's simple, it's simple stuff that they just it did. They, they mainstreamed it in their main in their community, and it was it was what in the hell? Why didn't we? Why aren't we two steps ahead of this stuff? We got Harvard grads coming on, and we're not we're not staying ahead of the guys that are living in caves. Well, again, I agree with you. They're they're not dumb. No. Uh, they're, they may not have the, the but some of them actually do have certificates yeah. from from uh, gosh, but like uh, you know, country Columbia and places uh, not Columbia University. Sorry, I mean, what <laughs> help me out? What's the what's the, the college in in England where uh, you Cambridge? Know, Cambridge, thank see, you. See, yep. I got my four-year degree. There you go, right? There. <laughs> but they were so street savvy. They just yeah. were common sense. Absolutely. Common sense stuff. Absolutely. I, I agree, man. Yeah. 
That's funny that you're saying about the focus always being Middle East, because that's also mm-hmm. like even just as a civilian, you watch the news media, not now, but for the past, you know, really during the Obama years, during mm-hmm. the Bush years, everything was focused on Middle East, yep. even when stuff had no uh, evidence yeah. of it. You know what I remember is is that guy, General McInerney on Fox News during the uh, Malaysian flight, where I believe he said he was like, we know that this flight is stationed in Pakistan, that this plane and there was no no evidence yeah. of it, you know, and I feel like everything always had to have a Mideast connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny because my wife, who is sitting out in the lobby right now, and I always have this thing, like where every now and then I'll say to her, uh, where's that flight, babe? And she's like, I'm telling you, it's sitting in the jungle somewhere, <laughs> and you're going to use it. And I'm like, oh, God, and I just walk away. <laughs> yeah. Inspire. That's what it was. Inspire. That's a magazine. Inspire. That's yep, it. I remember, I remember that. Yep. So it. for someone like me, a civilian who's in the outside, how, how is a magazine distributed in these regions, like an, a physical magazine, they pass it out. It's all. It's all. That's that's. Hey, thank you, Zuckerberg. It's all yeah, social it's all media. Man. Social they, media. They capitalized on social media yep. more than we did in the beginning. Yeah. They they knew. That's where all those. Remember all those videos? They would always. The, I mean, the, of the attacks. Mm-hmm. That's that's. A, and they I forget the video names. It'd be in Arabic, but that's how they started to do propaganda. They were the best at propaganda, unconventional warfare in any attacks. They would put those videos on TV and that's how they would recruit. And that's how they got people. Absolutely. They were way, this was 2003, 2004, even before, probably even before that. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. I'm thinking of, um, you know, the, uh, what was it? Jordanian pilot who was burned in the cage, but that was way after that. That was way, but they, yeah. if you, they may have pulled all of them down, but this is before they even had any oversight on social media. So there was some, no, I mean there was there was actually that truck bomb that I posted that we went in the the dump truck bomb that they a guy did a video on that. It was a day after when we were responding to it to go get all the all the Americans out of that big area. There was already a video up showing the attack, yeah. and it was strictly for propaganda. How you kill the infidels with a truck bomb and fire and yeah. AK forty seven. So and the, uh, and the no. double edged sword of. Uh, the internet and technology is they don't even have to have the full magazine. A kid can just go on and say, you know what? I just feel like shooting up this mall. You know, what's the best yeah. way to do it? They type it in and that article will pop up and everything they need. And it's, it's, you know, we don't know about that until after it already happens. And then we go back, we dig back and say, Oh crap, that's where he got it from. You know? Yeah. Free, yeah. Freedom of speech, man. It's on Google and we can't, you can't censor it unless yeah. the, again, unless the powers that be the FBI or DOJ, but then if they do, then what else are they going to censor? It, we, we've got ourselves in this old quagmire, but we've, that's why we have the agency. That's why I'm asking James how the agency's doing it because, you know, we can use it as a benefit. I would think that if it's out there and it's on the open source, you're doing a lot of open source Absolutely. gathering and yeah. information gathering yeah. and intel gathering as well. Absolutely. So, it's double-edged sword. You can get yeah. the recruiters out there, but you can track them. Absolutely. You can find out where they're doing and yeah. what, what the new tactics are. Yep. Matter of fact, right now, my uh, present job is uh, I work for Austin Naval Intelligence as a civilian recruiter. And a lot of the intelligence specialist jobs that we recruit for are open source people. Wow. You know, people who can just hop on. They know exactly where to go, you know, from clippings of old newspapers all the way up to the, the latest um, – websites and uh, they know how to pull all that information those are probably the majority of our recruitments well you know what i saw you guys probably heard about this i think i brought it up to chris a few weeks ago there was um alexandria ostasio cortez mm-hmm. was trying to stop people from being recruited via via um what is it called uh twitch twitch yeah. you know all these kids who are gaming and mm-hmm. stuff and i would think i mean that's the next generation of soldier kids playing call of duty yeah i mean honestly i 
know what Twitch is, but I'm so far removed. My kids are all in their 20s. For me, a Twitch is means just that I'm getting old. Something's about, something's about to break. I need to go see my doctor. Yeah. Other than that, I, I mean, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I saw the um, there were like posters. I guess the British Army is doing a recruiting effort, and they're looking for like gamers and and all this other stuff. And I, if it works, I guess I can't. You know, you can't really uh, down it. Yeah. Well, they're, they're tr- all you're trying. I mean, you obviously we're trying because we have remote controlled UAVs mm-hmm. that can drop hellfires, you know, from from and you don't you're you can be thousands of miles away. And I know they're trying to little robots and stuff. I don't think we got to that level. But again, I've been out. Maybe we have. Maybe yeah. there are some <laughs> cool super suits out there that yeah. do stuff on their own. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, most of those people, uh, from what I, I know, uh, you know, doing the drone strikes and all that, they're, I believe, stationed somewhere in, like, Nevada, right? So, as far as I know, yeah, or different places around the world, but they're definitely remote from where oh, their, most yeah. of their targets are. And it's yeah. weird because we're hearing about, like, a new a new breed, a new kind of PTSD or post-traumatic stress. You know, I know you'd pr- prefer to uh, label it that way, Chris, but, um, you know, as opposed to someone like you who is actually – been there in combat it's probably a weirder thing to process to be in another country saying i just uh drone striked someone and i'm not even in the remote area but i know that i just uh someone just ended their life because of me you know i i I, I don't i i I get james opinion on it man i mean my opinion is is you're you're just like a video game you're able you're able to disassociate yourself from what's really going on and if you're getting post-traumatic stress from that i i don't know I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I don't, I think, I don't know, unless you've done millions and millions and you're just blowing up people left and right and you start to enjoy it, which that's a possibility because mm-hmm. it looks like a video game. I'm not saying that de- people aren't, but I, it, it'd be tough for me personally to say, yeah, I got post-traumatic stress from, 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 because you, because you're not there. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. Really what, what about though, if it's something, because, you know, just from a morality aspect, I know you've talked about when <laughs> yeah, we drone right, strike, right. uh, but when we, right. dr- when we did the drone strike on Anwar al and I believe what was his 14 year old son, mm-hmm. I know you've said, you know, I, I remember you saying, why do we have to drone strike a 14 year old? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sure yeah. the person operating that might be thinking the same thing. Man, why you're, am I you're killing right. this on, kid? On the morality issue, depending on what the mission is, yeah. I, but I think post, regardless if you're a thousand miles, that, that is, that is the asterisk I'll put next to it. Whether you're you're a thousand miles away or whether you're right there, if it's something that you it questions your morality, mm-hmm. questions your ethics, of course that's and I think that's where post max stress a lot of it comes from. Yeah. Is is a, is you, it's a question of man, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. You know, uh oh, well it's over, I can't take it back. Now how do I process it and deal with it? So yeah, you're you're right there. I agree, James. What's your opinion, man? I. <clears throat> Me, just the way I am, I will never discount someone's claim of PTS or whatever it is. I'll never discount it because I'm not them. I have no idea. Um, will I question certain things? Of course. But um, for me, it's like like a sexual assault or a rape victim. Um, I can never say that I know what they've gone through because I've never yeah. been through that. Yeah. So I will definitely say, you know, if someone says, hey, I've been seeing a therapist for PTS because of, you know, I was raped or whatever – I can do nothing but be sympathetic, empathetic, you know, um, along those same lines, someone who's sitting in a trailer day in, day out and pressing a button on what they are told. It's not even their opinion. It's what they're told is a target. You know, um, I'm sure it probably after a while it does uh, uh, grind on them. Now, I don't know what the um, 
the vetting process for them is I think they're all most of them I think are pilots maybe fighter pilot for well, I as far as I know I don't yeah, know yeah I think I um and maybe someone you know can can tell us that later on but um so that part of it I think the flying around hey there's a target you know they might be used to that part but let's just say that in a week span they've hit six targets and two of them were questionable because there may have been children on it I think after a while, six months, a year of doing that, it probably does grind on you. So, plus, again, you're sitting in a trailer. You're not flying yeah. where you get to see, look outside. You yeah. don't have that stimuli. Um, and so I think it it might, you know. Um, but I think in your case, Chris, because you've literally had felt bullets flying past your face, it is different. Your, your understanding of PTS is way different than someone who's sitting in a trailer, you know, pressing a button. And I'm, I'm not saying it like it's discounting what they do. I'm yeah, not minimizing sure, sure. what they do at all. I'm just saying I think it's two different perspectives on it. So that's why right. it's probably exactly. hard for you. Yeah. And that's why I, I have to watch myself on that because I get the same way. You know, what are they going through? Yeah. Like Debbie, Debbie Rashawn, what she's went through, I could never experience. And mm-hmm. I'm, I can't even imagine Debbie was sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. correct? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, she said it on the show with us. Yeah. That show. I just can't remember if it was, but, um, you know, I, I can't, and for somebody to live like, cause now you're, you're on guard for the rest That's of your it. life. Yep. You're always going to have that. So I agree. I, I agree with that, that opinion, but yep. it comes back to the fact that with, uh, James is saying that's, that's exactly right too. Well, I actually have seen collateral damage with a little girl blown up by a car bomb that was supposed to hit us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. So when you tell me, well, I, I just blew up. Well, I, I can't get it. It's children. Mm-hmm. So I just have to, I have to process it differently. I have Absolutely. to take a step back and yeah. say, okay, okay, manly alpha male, Chris, <laughs> set your ego aside. All right, what are they seeing? Because yeah. it can affect you. And whenever it's children involved, it's oh man, it, I don't care if you're there or or, or you are a thousand miles away. It, it's it it Absolutely. will get to you later in life because they're innocent. They have no reason to be there uh, other than they have the main reason to be there because they're at their house and they're just playing outside yeah. or they're playing in the park or they're driving in the car and they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and they are collateral damage. Yeah. So when you put it to that that when you say it like that, Ian, with the kids. Yeah, I, I, I get that. That's 100%. I do think that post-traumatic stress comes, especially with children, whether you're on site or you're pushing a button. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's something you never – and it did affect me 10 years after. Mm. I, I didn't, it didn't affect me at the time because I was like, this is a mission. It's what we're doing. Shit happens. All right. As you go on, then you start to get you're like, oh, my gosh, what, what the hell? Did, <laughs> what did we just do? You know, what yeah. happened? Why? Why? And they're human beings too. So yes. once that that drone operator leaves that trailer, they got to go home. So who yeah. knows what their life is like at home? It might be crappy there, and then they got to come back in to deal with what they're dealing with at home. Then come back in and do this. And at the end of the day, and I, you know, I'm just going speculating here. Um, if it is a bad strike, I'm going to assume that they will get a big portion of the blame, you know, even though they're not the ones making the decision, they pulled the trigger. You know, I don't know what their decision making process is. And I would love to talk to a um, drone operator about it. Like, so it's like at the end of it, when it comes down three, two, one, do they get to say, "Mm, I don't think this is right. Or do they have to pull the trigger? You know, so they have that pressure, that enormous pressure on them, too. So. We don't is, know. is that weird to you guys who have been all over the world that that could be the next generation of warfighter, the more technology moves on? I mean, like the the more effective means of combat could be a guy that actually we've had on the show that, you know, like Corey Alanis mm-hmm. being able to like hack someone's bank account in China than someone who, you know, 
is actually out there on the ground kicking doors. You know, it could be the drone operator, the kid who's just a really good gamer, mm-hmm. you know, and doesn't have the physical capability of Chris or, you know, a Navy SEAL or Air Force PJ. What I used to have, not anymore. <laughs> that is, that, is that weird to you guys, though? though? Like, because I think when we think of warfighter, we think of the stereotypical G.I. Yeah, Joe. We don't think of a guy behind a computer screen. For me, I think so. I'm a huge aviation fan. I love aircraft and all, especially military. So back in the '60s or late '50s, early '60s, the thinking was in air warfare was we're going to move away from gun gun you know uh, guns on aircraft because you know that's outdated. We're going to go with missiles. You know, missiles are the future. And as a matter of fact, there was a push to get rid of aircraft and just use um, ICBMs. That's how it was going to be fought. So. In Vietnam, our kill ratio was very low because we were relying on missiles that were pretty much untested, and they would—you'd pull the trigger, they would drop off the aircraft and just keep falling, boom. <laughs> and you know, so eventually, after we realized we need to start putting guns on aircraft, you know, back on aircraft, we our ratios went up. Then we also, you know, uh, implemented things like Top Gun, uh, Red Flag, stuff like that. Well, in our uh, world. I believe I'm old school in that. Yes, this technology is great. And that kid sitting behind the computer that hacks is great. I think that's integral. But at the end of the day, I think someone like Chris needs to be there to kick that door and to verify that the person you just hacked and, you know, is the person we're looking for. So I think as long as we keep those two meshed equally, then we should be fine. But if we go one way or the other, it's just not going to work. It won't. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You won't. We'll have collateral damage left and right. If you don't have guys on the ground verifying the target, which the agency has, I mean, it doesn't have to be a guy like me. They have, they have targeters mm-hmm. that go in and they verify and they pinpoint and then they say, okay, here's the hit. If you're just trying to do it from a desk, we will have bad hits all over all the over place. place unless we have a camera in everybody's rooms mm-hmm. and we have access because you, you just don't know. You and, and and the bad guys move around a ton. Yeah. They're just always moving around. So I completely agree. We can even, we can even get so much better at what we do um, if we implement both and the into technology and we have the gamers sitting there. But you also have, have to be able to work with a guy on the ground, man or woman. I'm sorry, we're we're politically <laughs> correct here. Man or woman on the ground verifying that target yep. and it's because like like james talked about like i've talked about like you just said with the kids one just just a little bit off a bad shoot that can that could kill all that can kill a lot of innocence and that's not what we want to do Absolutely. um where that's eliminated pinpoint accuracy with that missile that with all the new technology or guys going in that are surgical a delta unit blue red you know uh, a gb team even even defending like a GRS team that's defending bases, then they know what they're shooting at and they have good discipline to not shoot at things that they shouldn't, which I've seen it both ways. But that then, you, then you're kind of relating with human error a little bit. But it, it's there's so many intricacies that you got to deal with. But I, I'm, I'm a clear agreement with James in a roundabout way. It's got to be meshed together. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And you know what I wanted your take on is uh, we were talking before about the Middle East. Um, you know, I've seen well, actually people we've had on the show like Luke Ryan have written pieces about this. Like, where are we headed? Because it's like we're making peace with the people that we were over there fighting for mm-hmm. in the first place. Do do either of you guys feel like your efforts were were in vain? Like, is is this mission ever going to be complete over there? You know, now we have to focus, as you said, on China, mm-hmm. Russia, other major threats. 
I don't think it was in vain. I, I don't at all. I, I believe that um, the missions that were run by Chris or myself or whoever, um, that they led to this point. Um, whether now it's kind of like, okay, we did all this for you. Now take it across the finish line. So now it's up to them to take it across the finish line or else it's just going to circle right back around. We're going to be doing it all over again. Um, like we were just talking about uh, what happened in um, uh, Lebanon. Yeah. You know, it's like who's responsible? We don't know. Everybody has their theories about it, but we just don't know. It's just so, people on Twitter speculating. Yeah, so what happens <laughs> now is going to determine whether all of these other stories you see, these peace agreements or, you know, talking about it and all that. I think that could be the catalyst on depending on who's responsible on whether we go right back to the starting line and start this all over again. So I, I think but to answer your question, I think that missions like what what Chris was running and, and uh, his the men and women on the ground were running led to this point. You know, so I don't think they're in vain, but I also don't think they're ever going to stop. I don't think there's yeah. ever going to time where they're going to say, "All right, JSOC, pull them home. They're done." There's, <laughs> I just don't think no it's more terrorists ever going to happen. No matter what president's in office, everybody's going to say it. They're all going to say we're going to bring them home. And as soon as they walk off that podium, their people yeah. are like, "No, the hell, we're not. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> yeah, unpack your shit. You're not going anywhere because they're yeah. always going to be needed." You know, people like him are always going to be needed. So, and people there like ain't a, no major a, pain ending where it's like, no, no sure, you killed them all. Yeah, you know, it's never going <laughs> to. Yeah, it's, it's never going to happen. <laughs> Somebody so. in the world that needs yeah. to kill it. No, it's never going it, to. It's there's always going to be terrorism. It's just it's human nature. Human, it is. We we humans we look for conflict. We always. I hate to say it. I, yeah. I and we've seen it here in this country right now. Mm-hmm. We we got nothing else better to do. So what do we do? We look for conflict. Oh. We look for disagreements and it just take it to the next level when you're dealing with ISIS and Al Qaeda. But then when you're also dealing with the agency and JSOC and, and all, you know, it's always going to be there. But I agree. You know, if, if we wouldn't have done something after the 9-11-2001, we would have seen it again and we would have seen it again yep. and we would have gotten worse. It is. It's, it's almost like a it's almost like a bully thing. It is. We're OK. No, no more. You we, we played nice long enough. Now you did this. Now we're going to come and smack the mm-hmm. shit out of you. Yep. The problem is, is that then we end up getting into nation building. And yep. I think we found That's, that that doesn't yeah. work. It's you hit us. It's it's where's a great movie where they did that swordfish. John Travolta. Mm-hmm. You hit us. We're going to come and make it so you never want to hit us again. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to leave. what we did with Gadda- we did that with Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. Perfect example yep. for real world, not a movie. Mm-hmm. He tacked. He did that hijacking. Reagan bombed the living shit out of him. Yep. And just, just, you should have seen that compound. Now we're, we're, oh, and he would never hit us again. He was like, it ain't worth it. I'm not going to hit you guys again. And we didn't do anything. We didn't come in and take his country over until the next president, the next till, till the Obama years and Hillary years. And, um, and, and he never attacked us again. Now, I'm not saying that's always going to be the case because Taliban's always going to want to fight. ATIs, they just yeah. the radicals. But I, I just don't believe that 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 uh, that going in and trying to nation build works anymore because it's just the ideologies. You mm-hmm. can't change. You got to accept people's ideologies. And a lot of times their own countries like Gaddafi is a perfect example. Libya will fix the terrorism in those countries for you that you couldn't find AQI to spit at when he was in charge. He was he did the worst things to terrorists than we ever would. Mm-hmm. And he kept his country safe. But you got to accept some of the dictatorship, too. It's It's just. Well, it's it's a it's a mean wheel, yeah. and um, as Americans, we 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 just haven't figured it out that sometimes it's these countries, these dictators, Assad, and there's a reason they're like that, and the reason is better than 
the alternative, which is what we're dealing with right now in that region. I think if people would go look and study Syria, Libya, Egypt and all that, and we've realized, man, they did really have it right. Even though they were dictators, their countries were a lot damn better off than what they are right now. Um, but there's always going to be some somebody out in the world, some terrorist that needs some killing. So I agree, change is never going to end. It's, not it's never going to end, yeah. man. And it's job security for, for all you youngsters out there. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you. Maybe, James, you, you know, expound on that even more if you want to. Cause, I think uh, what, we'll, what we'll see, and I think it's happening now, and I'm in no way, shape, or form special operations or at all, but um, just hearing, talking to people um, that were are, are or were in that world – you're not going to see the missions end, but you're going to see the elements that uh, conduct those missions change a little bit. Okay, it was, you know, whatever. You know, at Unit A is now Unit B. They're going to do the same thing. We're just going to call them something different. We're going to give them a little, you know, a few attachments um, to them, and we're going to call them something different. So somebody's always trying to, like you said, job security. Someone's always trying to uh, justify their job. Yeah. So um, like with my job, for instance, what I do as a uh, recruiter. I have said, so when I start a job, any job, I keep my mouth shut, my eyes open, eyes and ears open for a while. But I'm also older. So after a while, if I see something stupid, I'm going to say it. So one of the things I said, you know, without going into all the crazy details is, why are we doing this? This should be the commands who want these jobs, who know these jobs. You know, let's just say it's a um, uh, – like some of the IT positions, the cyber positions. Um, I don't know. Like part of my job is to read somebody's uh, resume and compare it to what they call specialized experience. You know, this is what we want them to have when they come on the job. So I'm reading it and I'm like, I don't know what half of this shit is. I have no idea. So what gives me the right to say they're not qualified for this job? So I went to my boss. I'm like, why are we doing this part? Why don't the commands come to us and say um, – you know, hey, send us the resumes. We'll look at them, and then you will tell you these per- people are qualified. And she said, "It's job security. We have to justify our job, yes. so that's uh, why they get." And I'm like, "So I just told Jane, who is highly qualified, that she's not because I don't understand the verbiage on this. You know, on this specialized experience. I was like, that makes no sense. She's like." Well, we got to justify our job. And I'm like, this is a crazy world we live in. But I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with um, special operations, intel. We're going to start – like even um, with uh, at the agency, it used to be special activities division. Now I believe it's special activities center. They changed the yeah, name? Yeah, center. Oh, and now I don't know why. I'm sure somebody <laughs> could tell me – you know, can tell me well, they changed because <laughs> now we have this attached to us or we took this away and that changed it. But – it's still the same thing. I think it's, it's just, amazing. yeah, every couple of years, it's like, you know what? We got to shake it up a little bit. You know, it's, it's, so, uh, I don't you know, some, somebody got an award for that shit. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like, somebody got an award changing for that. the damn acronym. Acronym <laughs> yeah. just all the time. Like, yeah. why do we change that yeah. acronym? Same we went shit. From sad to sack. So, which, <laughs> so that should give you an indication. <laughs> sad to sack. That's funny. <laughs> so that should give you an indication. So, uh, yeah, but I think like, you know, just like Chris said, it's, um, it's always going to be there. Like I was raised in a very religious home. So my mom taught us early on, you know, p- marches for peace and, you know, and all those other things. They're great. You know, you should do those things, but you need to understand there's never going to be peace in this world. And I'm sure I'm going to catch hell for that. But um, there's always going to be the Bible says it, there's always going to be wars and rumors of wars, you know, if, if that's what you're into. Yep. Um, and so I think it's always going to happen how we conducted 
is going to evolve along with that, you know, a mesh of um, uh, people on the ground as well as technology. Uh, the acronyms are going to change, sad to sack, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but it's always going to be there. So there's always going to be a need for for people, you know, who, who knows in the time of pandemic, we might have drone strikes from home. You know, I might, yeah, sure. you might be that operator yeah, yeah, and I'll be like, Hey, listen, I know it's six. I need you to go to your uh, computer right there and just hit that button. And then boom, you know, so who knows, you know, we just, yeah, yeah that's good. We, we, we have a pretty good Christian following that listens to the show. So that was a good, you know, saying that about the Bible, you're right on. That's what he's, that's Bible says. There's always going to be strife. There yeah. always will be because uh, man are, and, and I'm paraphrasing out of the box, but because men are fallible, men mm-hmm. are easily swayed, men are power hungry, and that Bible is being gender neutral there by saying men. So women, you also are power hungry. <laughs> Wait, when do you get so you PC here? Must catch a lot of hell <laughs> for to have to keep saying that. <laughs> Hope that you guys are enjoying this interview. I enjoyed uh, conducting it with Chris. James Powell is a great dude, great writer, if you haven't checked out his stuff. But he hasn't written anything in a little bit. Um, But you do occasionally see other sites repost some of the stuff that he's done in the past. Uh, With that, wanted to remind you all that Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. That's fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T. S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Go there now and use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. If you're in the market for ammo, this is the best stuff out there. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. Let's get right back into everything. Well, you know what? It, actually, it is too. I mean, we're you know with the whole presidential race, you know, we're not we're, we've been trying to stay out of politics. Yeah, yeah. But I do think Thank there's God. this whole um, idea, especially when Hillary was running, right? That it was like you know, if a woman ran everything, it would be a more peaceful world. And I think it's you know, yeah. Not, right. I don't care. I don't care who it is. It could be one of our three cats that runs it. <laughs> they, they, well, they're gonna fight, which is always happens, and everybody else is gonna fight. I just don't care. I don't care who it is in office. I believe that it's yeah. always there's always gonna be even with this whole. Go back to your original question. Even with these whole peace talks, you know, or talks of talks uh, going on, there's always gonna be someone. Within those factions or governments who are going to say, you can sign whatever you want. I'm, I need money or I need power, so I'm going to pay this person to blow up that so it starts a war with them. And there's always going to be someone that's going to you know, have nefarious um, intentions. So, do you, Going on that, do you, do you think – and I feel this way, but do you think 
I ran for many, many years were playing the rope dope with us and just getting tons of money, saying they were going to stop their nuclear program, saying they were going to 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 uh, I don't think they ever said they were going to say with with terrorists. But were they because we gave them a ton of money for them to come to the table um, and they were going to say they were going to make all these repercussions. The nuclear program was the biggest thing where they're going to shut it down, which obviously didn't. From your aspect, because I didn't get into that. I didn't. All I saw was what y'all were telling us or what I saw on the news at the time. But I, I do. I always wanted to get somebody's opinion on that from from HQ. Where why did we keep giving them more? Because to me, from it obviously wasn't. They weren't stopping anything. They were just saying, "Yeah, hey, give us some money. We'll we'll stop. Yeah, sure. Okay, wink, wink. Let's keep keep up. Keep the generators going. Let's, so let's from, keep building bombs." For my second floor uh, opinion, because <clears throat> that's where my office was on the second floor, <laughs> way removed from the seventh. Um, it seems to me like it was one of those uh, keep throwing something at it until it works. So It'll I think work. it was like. Eventually, you know, we'll be able to say, listen, we gave you this much money. you got to give us something. Well, usually that ends, and I have three kids, so I know. Usually it's, okay, no problem, Dad. I'll, I'll tell you to put that scratch on your car. Like the little things, but it wasn't that, you know, I went out and bought the beer for my sister that led to that scratch on your car. Yeah. It's, it's always little things, you know. So I think it was spitballing on our part. And, again, that's my completely non-expert uh because I, I wasn't I didn't deal sure, with that sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and, and that's what I and that's what I said. The kid analogy. That's what I would. That's what we use downrange too. Mm -hmm. And you it's both like, have three kids. I, I, it, <laughs> the kids, it, our kids are going to tell us what they want us to hear, mm -hmm. so they keep getting what that they, cookie. Exactly. At the, they keep getting that dollar. And I, we used to make a joke out of it that the CIA's plan was to always give them more plan. Plan being money. Yeah. So we'd always say, hey, what's our plan? Give them some more plan, some which is like go hand them bags of money. Yep. And maybe maybe they'll come around. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. And we way. did it in Afghanistan, it's, too. We did the same yeah, thing in Afghanistan. Oh, Trump Alex. loads of money and, you know, so you're on our side, right? Yes, sir. Next thing <laughs> yes. you know, why are you pointing that gun at me? What, what You know, well, if you give me more money, you know, I, I'd be better trained in using this gun. And, you know, so it just... Yeah, we just throw money at it, and we throw money at it, thinking money is going to solve the problem. Which yeah. it it doesn't. Yeah. It actually even creates it creates a bigger problem. Bigger problem. Yeah, and, we're we're and, not good at um, learning, being willing to learn cultures. You know what makes people tick in the area of the world or the culture that they're in. We're not good at. I don't just don't think we're good at. We have people who are very good at it, um, but I think that their expertise gets to a certain level, and we're like, all right, yeah, we're just going to drop a bomb, smack their hand, you know, get out of here. Yeah. We'll. we'll talk to you when we need you. Um, I had a really good conversation with a uh, professor, former professor of my son. Uh, he, he went to Williams College in um, Massachusetts, very, very liberal college. And uh, But this man, I drove all the way up there, like five hours, four or five hours to sit down with this man. And uh, he was one of the, or, not originators, but he really bought um, human terrain I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Human terrain, as far as coin is concerned, counterinsurgency is concerned. And could you explain just for the audience? A so bit human about terrain that? is, and you probably have been closer to this than I have. Um, it's basically getting to know like culture, uh, human beings through their cultures, their customs, their courtesies, things like that. And using that, not in a negative way, but using that to to shape the battlefield, basically. So if you can – I think there actually was a major, very comp controversial major, I can't remember his name, um, who embedded himself with a tribe in Afghanistan, if I'm not mistaken. And 
he just he dressed like them. He you know he became one of them, and that helped shape shape his tactics as far as fighting the. Uh, I think it was Al Qaeda at the Al Qaeda at the time. Um, uh, so I assume this guy was able to either be Middle East or pa- pass his Middle East. No, he was white as you. Wow, okay. yeah. that's saying you, something. You, you embed, no, it, it, <laughs> in the SF, in the SF community, it's, it's foreign internal defense. It's exactly. Famous. Yeah, it's what, it, ODAs, what the ODAs are supposed to do. Unless you're on that SIF team, which is more direct action, but that's what you do. The the, the twelve strong. If you ever that that that's kind of what they did, and yeah. that's what they did. The horse soldier at the beginning, and that's what SF was known for, and that's what they still should be known for. And I think they're still doing it, but I've been out for a long mm. time. But you do, you you get in there and you bed yourself, you live, and you, you you learn the battle space through their eyes. But then you're also with the cultures, so they're starting to trust you. Yep. You know, you, you got because you got to use those warlords. Yep. You got to have the dostum. Absolutely. You got to have that masood. Gosh, yeah. if we would have backed masood, I still think if we would have backed him and done what he said, we need and he could have done everything for us, we wouldn't be in this position. I mean, that's my opinion. Yeah. But we we got it. That's and that's what you do as an SF community. But that's what the GB guys do as well. Yep. That's what the sad sacks do now. Yeah. And it's great. Trump can talk about it even more than I can. Yeah. And these, um, you know, this professor, so he is an expert in this because he, back in the 70s, backpacked through Afghanistan. So he got to know all wow. the different factions, the tribes, the warlords. He And I actually have a DVD of it. If you guys want me to burn your copy of it, I'll send it yeah. to you guys. He gave it to me of his travels. And he said, we have the tools to do it right. We just don't have the will to do it right. We are so push a button, pull the trigger. And all that's good, but that should come after we've yeah. learned how to live with these, you know, with these different cultures. And because I think it'll be the number of times we have to push the button or pull the trigger would be lessened. And yep. when we do do it, it would be it'll be right. It won't be well. We think we got the right guy, or we think that we got the right guy because that guy who hates that guy told us a lie, and now we're killing this guy. Whereas if we know the culture and the the idiosyncrasies of that those people. We can make a better informed decision. Well, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go talk to this person and get the real story. Again, dealing with kids. It's just like dealing with kids, you know. So. Uh, I, I agree. I, I think going back to human terrain, and that's actually what they call it now when they're hiring contractors. Yeah. And if you don't know what that is, you don't know to apply for it. So uh, Wexford is a good group with that. It used to be. And there, it's on the internet, guys, so I didn't give anybody yeah, out. Yeah. So don't get all upset. I'm sick. I'm sick. But um, – <laughs> But he's exactly right. That's and that's what I loved when we worked in Afghanistan, working down. Especially my favorite base was Kandahar, was Gecko. I love that because we had our own QSF team. So yeah, I'd go in the morning. We'd have chai. I'd sit with the commander. We'd have chai. We'd eat naan. I still couldn't bring myself to eat the eggs because they were so runny. And he ate them with his hand. I'm like, and he laughed at me all the time. Oh, Mister Tonzo, you're such a puss. And he, because I couldn't eat eggs. <laughs> but but then we go play soccer and we do PT together. Then we go do ops together in town and we do tra- even just training ops. And you built such a rapport with them that yeah, you, they would tell you what was going. On. We'd be driving down the street and hey, this is this is where so and so lives. I didn't ask. He would just start giving us information and. And you do, you become tight. I actually have a picture if you, I don't know, my website of me with my hands around the commander and two of his squad leaders after we did a, a just a training hit there yeah. at Gecko. And he spot on. Yeah. It, it took, you know, it took months because I was just another guy in there, months when I was there, but it had been going on for years that we'd been building this rapport with that unit. So when we came in, it was just like me coming onto their team. It was, it, I, I agree wholeheartedly to that. I do. And so yeah. when you do do a hit, 
you know it's right. Absolutely. You know that hit yeah. is, is spot on because they're telling you. The only thing you got to watch out for is if the tribes are in fighting with each other. That's the only thing you had to watch out for. Yep. Just in case the families didn't like each other from certain tribes, they might give you bad info to go take out a tribe that maybe is competing with their opium fields, yeah. <laughs> which is really not a bad guy. Yeah. And another, other than that, all, I agree. Another uh, uh, positive of that result of that could be also, too, is that someone is less likely to jump to the other side or inform for the other side yeah. if you get to know them on that, you know, on that lower level, or I should say that base level. You know, if you're sleeping in their their compound and you're eating with them, you're helping them, you know, uh, whatever, with their crops, whatever it is, now they're seeing you as a human being and not just a uniform or an American. It's this guy is a human being, a guy or gal, they get me. You know, so when when uh, I get that night letter or whatever saying, "Hey, you better rat or else," they're less likely to um, yeah. be scared and take them up on that that sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly, I, I I agree. We we didn't do that in Libya. That's mm. why they turned on us, mm. even though we asked. We did that in Afghanistan in certain spots, mm. and I think that always comes down not to that guy on the ground again. We go full circle back to where we started to talk. It started at the command command level, mm. so. Libya, we didn't because the command told us not to. For what reasons? Because we were moving weapons where we shouldn't have been moving weapons. And we would have in Afghanistan, the command level. And that was more of those jawbreaker guys that started that. That was the guys that knew what the hell they were doing. They said, yes, you guys need to be with our with them. GB got in bed with them. You got to hit some GRS. You got to be with them and you got to do security operations with them. And it, it it led to better relationships specifically and we were doing i thought we were doing pretty good there for a while and then i guess we got away from it yeah. in 2000 i don't know what you tell me when 2009 2010 maybe we probably got around then. yeah and again i think it was as technology you know yeah. when it was easier yeah. to stand off and launch a hellfire <laughs> than to put you know uh gb or sf on the ground to take the because that stuff takes time it's not overnight um, yeah. i think we were like you know what just push the button you know that sort of thing, and and we got away from it, and so now we're we're paying the price for it. Well, you know. And that can be verified. How many drone strikes we had under the Obama years, and compared to not saying I'm I'm a Bush fan because mm -hmm. guys out there, sorry for all you guys, I'm not. <laughs> um, but we had a we had more drone strikes, more drone strikes under Obama than we had any under president, and that goes back to that technology. Not saying he's a warmonger, it just. That's the route that I'm sure his advisors or maybe I least I don't think he's a warmonger. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I I don't think so either, but but at the end of the day, the the buck the math doesn't lie. Yeah, you know, it, it falls at his feet. It falls at any commander in chief's commander -in -chief, uh, feet. Yep. Um so I mean it, it's expediency. You know, it's we have this cool technology and it's easier, let's use it. Uh, rather than, hey, let's send that team on the ground. And we know it's probably going to take about six months to a year for them to really get in with that, you know, with that tribe, um, especially the elders. And um, it may or may not work. It's cost, you know, uh, risk analysis. And there are people who do that. Oh, you know, yeah. targeters, you know, this is, you know, the risk analysis says, you know, and then it's like, OK, well, never mind. Just pull the trigger. Um, that sort of thing. And it's but the the end result of one is worse than the end result of the other. Put that team on the ground for six, eight months, a year, and let them bet. And if things just don't go well, well, then we've learned a lesson on how to do it better. Yeah. Whereas we pull that trigger, boom, oops, we just hit the wrong person. Now we just created a whole new set of bad guys that hate us. You for know? Years, so, yeah, years. Yeah, for years. And then their children may, and their children may, and who knows? And it's, yeah, it's 
We need to invest in our time, time and people, those two things, because we're going to have to fight our wars with them, whether we like it or not. So, James, do you think a lot of that, too, when they pulled guys and they didn't want guys in the ground is because as a country, we got tired of seeing our own people? Absolutely. And and I, I don't agree with that. Guys on the ground, we sign up for that. That's why we go there. I agree with that but, as well. But that's another reason why we started doing the strikes and not putting guys on the ground because we didn't want to see yep. another American dead in the uh, – in the in the news absolutely and that's what that's what i thought again yeah. but for those of you out there those guys that are on the ground doing it and i'll tell you we take that responsibility we understand mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I, there are times we're like what the hell am i doing here where nah, you know what i'm here this is yeah. cool as hell all right whatever we gotta do let's go do it, it and, was and, never- some, and some of them may say you know what uh you don't speak for me i don't want to see any of my buddies killed and that's a legitimate an absolute legitimate uh, um, concern and and want that we pull out so that your buddies aren't you know aren't dying. Sure. Um, and I've lost friends, but I've never lost like a brother sure. or a sister or anything like that. Um, so I definitely understand that. Um, but I just think that there's always going to be a need for it. I, I try to be a realist as much as I can, um, and I really think there's always going to be a need for it. So, like you said. If you're going to sign that contract, you need to sign it knowing that no, you yeah. and your brothers and sisters are going to go and you're, somebody's probably going to – is probably not coming back. You know, It's, it's, it's not a pessimistic way of thinking. It's just no, realistic. not at all. It's just, and it's not me being a hard ass because I'm the farthest thing from it. Again, my wife is sitting out in the <laughs> and, uh, you know, and she'll tell you. And uh, I'm not at all. But I try to be a realist and I love history. So history shows us that there's always going to be a need for hard men and women on the ground to get it done. Plain and simple. Well said, man. I I was uh, wondering your opinion on what's going on right now with China, since we were mentioning coronavirus and all that. A lot of people, especially in the media, you're hearing like oncoming war with China. The rhetoric is getting more and more heated. Where, Where do you think it's going? Um, I think it's going to go where our leaders let it go. Which it, it also it. depends who the president is. Yeah, it depends is. on who's in office. And I, But I think China's always going to do what China's always going to do, just like Iran's always going to do what Iran has always done. Um, and they're going to push our buttons. They're going to – just like you see with Russia. I mean they're, they, they got these little – you know, um, where they shadow our aircraft and, oops, we yeah. passed in front of you just a little too close. And, you know, um, those things have – that – Gentlemen's war has always happened, but I think it's going to depend on the leaders of each of those countries and how willing they're far to push it and or how far they're willing to push it and how far they're willing others are willing to respond to that. Always going to be ships in the Spratleys. There's always going to be contested areas where people are going to put ships or <clears throat> armor or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it's how measured is going to be the uh, how measured that. You know, whatever it is we're doing is going to be and how much of the response is. And again, technology, how involved are external actors in whatever it is that's going on? So let's just say us in China and the Spratleys, you know, with our ships um, doesn't take much for someone to hack a system and someone to run off course. I'm saying that knowing nothing about hacking, um, I'm assuming it wouldn't take much to, you know, uh, screw with a navigation system or or. Um, you know, uh, do something where it looks like a provocation and now a third party actor has caused us to start a shooting war. Um, I don't know if any um, – you may not be old enough for me. Yeah, you might. Um, you probably <laughs> remember it. Um, when we had a uh, – uh, I think it was an EP3 
aircraft. It was a uh, um, electronic warfare aircraft. I, I, I would, this I wouldn't even know. Yeah, yeah. So it was flying near China and uh, doing its job. And uh, two fighters came up. And yeah. one of them collided with that P3, and it ended up having, because of an emergency, it landed on an island. Well, that island was a Chinese base. And so they got our people. They got the, you know, they got the technology. And I remember that was tense for a while there because it was like, you know, are we going to bomb it? And so they don't get it. Well, now our people are there. What are we going to do? The people, there are, the crew was eventually uh, released. But just think of where that could have gone. You know, it's like, oh, you you downed our plane, you know, shooting war or uh, we need that technology back because from what I, I just read something about it. Apparently, uh, we said, OK, um, we want the aircraft back. And China was like, OK, no problem. You're just not coming on this island to get it. So Russia, I believe, took possession of it. And when we got it back, it was in pieces. And obviously there were things missing. So. I think they got think, what they wanted to out of it. Exactly. They, they got, got what they wanted out of it. And they embarrassed us. They embarrassed <laughs> yeah. the hell out of us. And um, so I think to answer your question, uh, things are going to happen the way they've always been happening. It's just going to matter measured response and external actors, you know, to determine whether or not we end up in a shooting war. I personally don't think we're going to end up in one. I'm sure I'm going to get ripped by, you know, uh, national security experts, but I just don't think that j- much like nuclear weapons nobody wants that well the question is right now and and i know chris watched the same interview um i'm a big fan of gordon chang i watched the interview gordon chang did about the whole covid19 situation and and the way he put it that was interesting is he said china has done what no other country has done before and that's they've attacked every nation all at once with what's going on right now and i mean that's you know you're going to have a lot of nations united against china right now they've destroyed they've single-handedly destroyed Several, uh, almost every major country's economy, everything, jobs, and, and we're we're in a mess right now. Yeah, we are. I, I think the problem with that, we I do believe that yes, you know, we'd have a bunch of countries that would uh, be against China. But the problem is, is how capable are those countries now with everything that's going on? Now, of course, you know, um, I our readiness seems to be, you know, uh, up to what it was on par with what it was. But then again, I'm reading about. Um, whole units in the army that are, uh, you know, they're canceling training because of, um, you know, COVID or they're being confined to barracks and they're not getting PT. They're not, you know, some are, you know, uh, struggling to find food to eat because, you know, the DFAC is run out or whatever it is. Um, so, again, much like over in the Middle East, the Chinese are not stupid. And when I say the Chinese, since we're being uh, politically correct. Why are we being I don't mean, correct? I don't mean, the Chinese Chinese, I don't mean yeah. all of the Chinese people. Oh, I mean course. the Chinese government yeah. and their military. Um, they're not stupid. So, Well, the thing is, I mean, the Chinese government is not like the American government. They don't really have much of a say in what's going you know, on. It's not like a democracy, absolutely. Republican democracy over here. I mean, it's they're in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I, they, well, they didn't vote on one child policy or any no, of that stuff. Absolutely. You know? And what I think, what I'm, what, my point is, I think that. The things that I just mentioned, you know, readiness, um, there are whole units and, you know, intel units there who are devoted to looking at those things. You know, they're focusing on, oh, look at that, 82nd Airborne. Um, they have 20 cases or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they're confined to barracks. So we know young people, again, my youngest daughter, um, no matter what the situation is, they're going to gravitate towards each other. So the chances are it's probably going to spread. So they can report back 
that, you know, 82nd Airborne, these um, uh, subunits in the 82nd Airborne, they have this many cases, and we we assess within six months' time, it's going to spread to this many people, which will bring their efficiency down to this. So then that intel goes to another unit that says, okay, we're doing the war planning. We take that into account. So in six months' time, we know that if we were to attack, you know, or do whatever, the likely response would be within this percentage, you know, that sort of thing. So um, – we uh, most Americans see it on again the thirty thousand foot level. What the news tells them, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, the you know these ships in the in the uh, uh, in the South Pacific are uh, you know they're they're going head to head, blah 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 this and that." But it's it's much more minute than that. It's way way more minute than just those two or three ships. Um, so again, it, I think it depends on. It depends on the the provocation, and it also depends on the response to it. COVID hit. We have all our theories about where it came from, who did it, whether it's real, whatever that is. Whatever that is, um, their governments are taking it as real. So whatever the responses are going to be to that, either they are not going to happen because it's too late or – People are biding their time, gathering intel. Like you were asking, what is our, you know, how, what are we doing about all this stuff? There are people, you know, there are whole offices who are devoted to this COVID nineteen stuff um, from an intel level, you know, for the military, for our, um, for the CDT, things like that. So I don't know. I don't know what the response is going to be, um, but I do know that there are certain countries, Russia, sitting back, like just waiting. They're like that cat. You know, just just waiting, you know, to see what we're going to do. And, you know, and if they can, you know, like we have three cats, they're just going to, you know, how you put an object in front of a cat and they're going to knock it off. That's what they're waiting for. They're just waiting. They're like, oh, let's, you know, let's push this along a little bit. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I don't think there's going to be any super head on conflict but why do they need to? We're imploding. We're, we're imploding on yeah, our own. And no, that's the best way to win a war yep. is to not fight. Yeah. I know. I know there's some funny in in the art of war. Everybody that's served, I think, has read the art. of You have to. Yeah, <laughs> there is. There is. A, there is. And I can't get the quote from Sun Tzu exactly. But there is a where you're paraphrasing. Yeah, the best way to win a war is to not fight in the war. And that's what they're doing right now, because we're. We're continually imploding on our on our own. I, I think, but after watching you, I know you and I talk, and you give me information. Ian, I, I think we're coming out of it. I think, but this is something that's noted now. Like, okay, check mark. What did we do right here? What really screwed up that's America it. more than anything? Right Bam! All right, now if we really want to do it for real, because I don't, I don't believe it was set up for. Mm. I don't. I think it was built in a lab and it got out. Idiots done what? But. They did get a lot of intel collection off this damn thing. So they want to do something in the future. Absolutely. How do we do it so we can disrupt completely America, take as many lives, and have the least amount of casualties on our side? Yep. And we can just stand and watch it, watch the show. Yep. They took the notes. The intel that James talking about, guarantee those intel people are like, ha, 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 right? Look what we got here. And again, right. going back to technology, the thing that sucks is because of the media, because of technology and, yep. and all that, it's not just China that's taking notes. There are other countries that are like, ooh, we got a lab. And it's so you funny know. how, like, <laughs> especially, uh, you know, how – and you and I think you and I were really getting into it in the lobby about young people are so distracted by everything. It's like I don't even think the focus of young people right now is China 
is yeah. any you know no. because we've all been distracted now mm-hmm. whether right or wrong by this George Floyd issue which mm-hmm. has nothing to do with you know the major yeah. thing we're going through right now as Absolutely. a country and, and like you said when we were out there it's not to dis- detract from that situation it's yeah. all tragic all of it yeah. you know yeah. from that little boy cannon to George yeah. Floyd to everybody all of those are but and I, I just had this conversation with my oldest daughter not long ago we can do it all at once we don't yeah. have to say we're only going to focus on race issues. And once that's fixed, then we'll focus it, on China. Or we can do it all at once. We have people. But, yeah, but in order to do it, you have to get the country on the same page. And, and I have never seen the country so divided absolutely. ever. And and there's no middle ground on anything, which mm-hmm. is just you know the same thing you and I were talking mm-hmm. about. It's, it's yeah. a really crazy place to be in. I, I think there is... You know, I remember you've said it before, Chris, on other uh, episodes where, you're, you know, and I feel the same way. We're like, I'm really not on a side right now. I yeah, don't, you know, yeah. and, and even with, you know, we've had police officers on the show. We've had, you know, I'm not on. Uh, I take everything on an individual same. basis. Same. If, if I hear of a police officer murdering someone, I want to see what happened. Mm-hmm. I want to see the reasoning behind it. I'm not going to automatically say cops are good. Blue lives matter. Mm-hmm. And I know Chris is on the same no, yeah, I'm, the same, you know. I'm the same way, whether it's politics, whatever it is. My parents always taught us being a, you, when you once you know the difference between right and wrong, it's on you. Be yeah. an adult, get all the information that you can and then make a decision. If you're wrong, learn from it and do better next time. That's, that's but, the best way to learn. Right? Yeah, There's that's just the way failing, to learn. making a mistake. All right, what, did, what the hell did I do wrong? Yeah. All right, let's let's change it. Yeah, and just, I know a lot of people love to blame the media. Oh, the mainstream media. I'm a, yes. They have their part in it too. But if you can, if that's your only excuse for hate or whatever it is, or not liking a certain side, then you've got a lot of soul searching to do because you're an adult. Make, yes, the internet has some screwy stuff on there. We all know that. But that's when you filter through all that and say, okay, this is what I learned on the internet. This is what the media is telling me. This is what I read in a book. Put it all together and come to a decision. But to say, oh, it's just the media or it's just technology or, you know, it's just it's to me. It's, it's a foolish. cop out. That's it's a cop a, out. And it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. That's why. And either two things you can know. And I've said it before. Is that like myself, I just I, I turn off. Mm-hmm. I was such a big part of it for such yeah. a long time being three, four years that I felt myself. I'd never taken a side ever. And I was on a side and I was making things worse. Mm-hmm. I really was. I mean, there were some things that were going on where, where truths were coming out. But as a whole, I had a big part of causing people to go because yeah. ah, this is my. And when I finally did it and I pulled myself out of it, like when I was deploying all the time, which I never paid attention to it because I didn't care. The media got it wrong half the time anyway, because I'll be on be on a on an op and like, wait, it didn't happen that way. Yeah. What the hell? Is and when I pulled myself out, of it, I was able again to. All right. I'm seeing everything again mm-hmm. using my common sense i'm not being spoon fed this so it's either go that way and shut it all off or like ian does listen to all of it that's what i do and click so you've got yeah. you, you really don't have it well, what's the middle no there isn't a middle mm-hmm. you either take it all in mm-hmm. the stuff you agree with the stuff that challenges your paradigms and the stuff that doesn't or you just shut it all off and you just visually and you're, you're going to be but a little bit late on picking things up yeah. because you're you're not in the know. But it's more, it's but informed. Making better decisions. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and if I'm going to keep it real here, I I will say it's a little bit because I don't. I wouldn't say I watch all of it. I yeah, I don't. I don't even have. 
cable. So I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't watch CNN. I, when, I, when I'm over my parents' house, they're constantly watching this crap. But um, <laughs> I have my tr- few trusted sources that I will read. You know, there's been a lot of stuff that's been completely unreported by very trusted sources. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like there was an article in Newsweek, right, about the origins of coronavirus. And we may have been studying it in a lab mm-hmm. Um U.S. funded yeah. mm-hmm. and it got out and it's that stuff is not even being reported yeah. and that, you know, someone like Dr. Fauci may have been behind mm-hmm. the funding for that lab. None of it's being reported, you know, because he has some media campaign mm-hmm. going on that he's like the greatest man trying to be like sexiest man yeah. in the world. Yeah. The, the cover. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's but this it's true. There's so much there's so much bullshit out there. So, yeah, I don't even I really don't watch any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, there are good sources out there. The problem is, and, you know, Jack Murphy said this once, people love to watch the split screen debate. They love to watch yeah. certain things because I remember him saying specifically, he's like, I could write a great piece on China, get great sources, have all my work cited. And what piece is going to do better? Some douchebag walk around the army like he's an army, walk around the mall like he's an army ranger. Yeah. And he's like, so don't tell me that that's not what you guys want to read. Yeah, this absolutely. is what you guys click on. Yeah. You know, like. I, when I go on Instagram, it's all these people outraged about someone on CNN saying some stupid shit. Mm. Uh, but with, vote with your eyes and your, your clicks and all that. I don't watch any of that. I'm yeah. not aware of what Don Lemon is saying because yeah. I know it's all nonsense. Exactly. I don't. So, so to be fair, I don't watch any of that. Mm-hmm. But, but so I let do. Me, let, let me be clear with what I mean about Ian is that he li- listens whatever he watches. It's mm-hmm. both sides. Yeah. It's I'm not yeah. just. Or I'll try to yeah. just get the actual news. You know, because mm-hmm. I. Th- uh, being a media guy, I could tell you this, I, and you guys have seen it more than me because you have been in this world longer than me, right? But um, Hannity and Combs, for example, had such a successful show where it was Sean Hannity arguing this side and Alan Combs arguing this side. And that wasn't all of the news at one time. At one time, the news was we're going to report on what's going on. You're going to learn about the story, and then you could form your own opinion. Yeah. Now, when you turn on the TV – Pretty much all of it is modeled after that Hannity and Combs thing. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have this guy from this super PAC debate this guy from this super PAC, and you're gonna form an opinion on it when they're both paid shows. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I've <laughs> yeah. talked about it with Chris. Like no disrespect to him because I've actually had him here in this studio. Uh, it was never released, but like Pete Hegseth, for example, mm. right before he was on Fox News, he was with Concerned Veterans for America. The reason that name will do very well is because vets um, rank very well amongst the public for people they trust. They don't trust the media. They do trust people like you guys. So a a group like Concerned Veterans for America, they stand for veterans. All right. I want to hear what they have to say. What is Concerned Veterans for America? They're a super PAC paid for by the Koch brothers. But if it was called you know, concerned billionaires for electing Republicans, you would be like, this isn't a a source that I give a shit about. You know, so it's just once you could kind of see what's really going on, once you see that these people are all paid shills on TV, many of them, I'm not saying everybody, but, you know, it's you kind of realize, like, we are all being played, Mm. all of us. That's called being woke. (laughs) 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 For... For uh, you know whether that's a good term or bad, uh, but you're you're absolutely right. Like with me, uh, what I do is if I see a let's see I'm flash flipping through and I see on Fox a certain story, I will immediately flip to CNN 
to see what they say, immediately flip to BBC right after that, see what they're saying, which is usually the more fair of all of them. Actually, BBC yeah. is probably more yeah. That's why go. if you're going to watch, then watch BBC yeah. or C-SPAN. Absolutely. Just and then just yeah. to see, because I told you, I was sitting in the uh, in the op center once, and we have like all these big yeah. uh, TVs, and two of them have to be on the news at all times. So one was CNN, one was Fox, and it was the same exact story. And the headline spun it two different ways, and I took a picture, and I think I put it on uh, – and, of course, I didn't show anything operational. And I put a uh, caption that said, Welcome to America on it because it's, it's just crazy because – and I think you were saying that uh, the, you learn like the definition of media. Oh, is, yeah, uh, yeah. I've, and I've said it to Chris, man. <laughs> um, you know, like when I went to school for uh, radio – you know, uh, there were, you know, there were these certain teachers that were like NPR teachers mm-hmm. that want, you know, they were all about like the and public good. like this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and, but I had one te- well, I had one professor actually, John Mullen, who was great. You know, he is one of the guys who made um, Hot 97 into a rap station. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, I'm like a white guy in my 40s. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about rap, but it was profitable. He, he was like, you know, he was very <laughs> no bullshit about, he was like, I was going to the clubs. This is what people were listening to. Mm-hmm. I said, this is, you know. And he would always say this from just a matter of fact standpoint. The purpose of radio is selling people to advertisers. And that's the purpose of all media. So if you turn on any of these stations, right, unless it's something publicly funded, you know, like um, you know, I'll read ProPublica, which yep. is publicly funded. But whether you're watching Fox News or MSNBC, they don't give a shit about informing you. They want to sell people to advertisers. They want to keep you watching that screen as much as long as you can so that you're going to buy products and be a consumer, not to be an independent thinker, not to be informed. And I know Chris has come to the same conclusion and, uh, you know. I just think once you've reached that conclusion, you're more able to turn it off and realize that that a lot of it, not to you know use Trump's rhetoric, but a lot of it is fake news. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. it, you know. And you also, when you step back away from it, you're also able to, as Chris just did, you're able to see what your part is in pushing this stuff forward. You know what your biases are that might be pushing that agenda one way or the other and you can say okay i need to you know i need to tone it down or um like i'll see a lot on social media people will post stuff and it's people that who i know and love and i'm like oh my god that's absolutely false but i'm not the kind where i'm gonna jump on and be like well actually you know um if they ask me i'm the kind of person yeah where, chris knows this about yeah. the fuck out of me <laughs> um one th- one of the things that i've always held to is don't ask me my opinion if if you don't want to hear it. Don't want to, you know, yeah. If you don't want to hear it. So if someone asks me, hey, what do you think of that piece I just put up? I'd be like, it's a bunch of shit. I love you. I'll <laughs> yeah. see you at the cookout, but it was a bunch of shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, for instance, I just saw last night before I uh, turned off my phone, I was on uh, Instagram and someone put up a picture of an older woman. Uh, she was sitting on a lawn in a lawn chair and she's being handed a ticket by a, a police officer. And it said – Old woman arrested, basically, but said old woman arrested for protesting in support of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, so I looked at it and I'm like, okay, that's kind of vague, you know. Um, it looks like he's it's handing her a ticket. Thing, yeah. yeah, let me, you know, let me look through it. So the first thing I did was just it caught my eye with the comments. Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Blah blah. blah. But I always know what's coming, so I keep reading. Someone said, well, actually, if you 
read the whole story, you would know that she is not sitting on her lawn. She is sitting, I think it was the governor or the mayor or someone's lawn, and was asked to leave. There was a bunch of them. All of them left, and this woman said, which I applaud her for doing it, she said, I would rather be arrested than to um, – uh, sure. basically to go against my beliefs. And I, I believe that. That civil yeah. rights movement did it was the exact same thing. So she was she was I don't think she was handcuffed, but they put her in the back of the car and you know and they took her away. But if you just read the headline, which is what people do, they tailor it towards who, you know, people's biases, yeah. it looks yeah. like the cops dragged this old lady off of her lawn for protesting and that wasn't the case. So along with the media selling us to advertisers, I believe that they they exist to play on our biases. And they, I, they I don't know. Base. Yeah, and I would love base. to know, and maybe somebody, maybe you know, when did that, has it always been like that in the media or when did it change? Like, because I remember hearing about or seeing clips of, you know, the news during the time of the Vietnam War. It was brutal and it was, hey, this many people, you know, this many troops died in the Ashaw Valley, you know, uh, today. But we killed this many, you know, those sorts of things. Um, when did it go towards, you know, the Hannity and Combs type thing? And, hey, this is your opinion. And, uh, you know, I'm just I mean, curious. I feel like I'm too young, but I've seen it go more in that direction. You know, I've just I I, I think they've seen the success of Hannity and Combs and the view and all this crap. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, and actually, Hannity and Combs was a, was a good show. I'm just saying, not every show it's needs to be Hannity yeah, and Combs. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in the, in the sports world, when you, we talk about Mad Dog and, and – um, Oh, yeah, Mike and the Mad Dog, yeah. yeah. I mean, that yeah, you, you want that yeah. in sports realm, yep. but you don't want that where it could divide a freaking – I mean, yeah, yeah, the Yankees and the Mets, you may divide the Yankees and the Mets mm-hmm. fans. Okay? okay, But when you do that, that irresponsibility, when you report like that, you're dividing – you really, and this is what's happening. And, right and now. I think it, it part of the problem too is is um. And you know what? I I actually will just say, and I don't watch any of it, but just from what I've seen, I will give Fox credit that I think they're a little better at this mm. than the others. Is the um differentiation between an opinion show mm. and a news show? A news show. When I watch Chris Wallace, I do feel like he is giving me the news. He's pretty yeah, objective yeah. on most things. There's been a few things here mm. and there. Um, actually he said something the other day that I saw going around that I did not agree with. He called like an AR-15 a weapon of mass destruction. I was like, all right, that's stupid. But, um, but for the most part, he's a pretty objective, uh, guy, but you know, I know if I turn on Tucker Carlson, it is opinion show. Tucker Carlson is a more conservative leaning guy. You turn on Rachel Maddow, you know you're getting a liberal opinion show, mm. but then you turn on something that's a daytime show mm. like Brian Selter on mm. CNN, who's supposed to be the news, and it's all that like Trump is Hitler. Mm. And um, this is not the news. Yeah. That's and that's he, not news. And they're slick because they uh, they intersperse their opinion in with the news as they're reporting it. You know, um, President Obama, you know, said this at the DNC convention, and then they give their opinion, and then they go right back to the facts. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I just it blows my mind that we've uh, that we allow it. I mean, I know first, you know, First Amendment, all that other stuff. I get it. I you know, I'm all about all that stuff. But these, I, I really believe these CEOs of these are the owners of these news corporations need to. Of course, they're not going to. But in a perfect world, they would come back and say, "Listen, just the facts. That's it. That's just say the facts." It used to be. But does that sell? No, of course not. It doesn't sell. You're absolutely right. Um, It used to be that opinion pieces were for either the newspaper 
Or at the end of a newscast, they would say, you know, um, little Johnny fell down a well. And, um, you know, there's been uh, talk of this this town fixing their wells for even. In my opinion, it's been that thing. But now it's so embedded in the actual facts that it the facts are actually removed from it. And just the opinion counts. And it feeds uh, our biases. So it's uh, like, yeah. yeah, it just feeds our bias. Whatever the facts are. All we take is that person, that yep. Uh, yep. new station. It's not even the anchor. It's that new station's opinion, and it just reinforces our bias. Honestly, I bet it could be tied, Mrs. My my opinion, <laughs> it can be tied into when the reality shows start to take off. Yep. That's Probably. when people start to make money. When the re- when I mean, you, you had, what was the one on MTV that was, uh, Dave Chappelle makes fun of it all the time. Great. Oh, great the real world. Real world, the, yeah. Real world, yeah. But, but then you start to have the, the the competition reality shows, Survivor, and then the Jerry Springer type shows. Mm-hmm. And I think people started to see the news. It's like, wait a second. Look what they these guys are making money. They're mm-hmm. gravitating. Look at all these. We got to start making it more more real, more yeah. pop more culture. And yeah. I, I, was, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to say I'm right, but my opinion is, is they started to take off that when those started to get popular and now you know reality shows are everywhere america's mm-hmm. got ta- i mean they're like from america's got talent which is not a political but it's still yeah it's real people real tv real mm-hmm. real persons on there and then you still have the shark tank and all that news is following that same same avenue yeah. where it's just completely really it's you're going to make more money if you have uh, more real people causing strife yeah, and dissension yeah. on TV. Yeah, and it's like real. Cut. It's and for the reality shows, it's more like a Real Housewives show than real a Shark Tank. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a perfect example. I couldn't think of <laughs> yeah. that. Perfect example right there. Yeah, that's a perfect example. And, and people, I, love I, it. I, I wonder if we, if we, if I ever do my PhD and I do dissertation, I will. I am going to do that. <laughs> when did news turn to shit? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I bet it, it, And Real Housewives would when I would. Look at it and, yeah. and Jersey Shore and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. All yeah, that stuff. No, you're, and, pro- you're probably for entertainment, but that's not that's how news is now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I, I, had a, I had a question for you, James. Don't mind uh-huh. w- with the agency because there are where were times where even even in our incidents where where the analysts and, and you know this is out of your spectrum a little bit because I'm talking more about analysts, but they were utilizing more social media even that night to determine the attack instead of listening to guys on the ground. When did media and social media become so more important that it was even like and my this is my experience, mm-hmm. 9-11, 2012, that they would rather have listened or to their analysts watching the attack on social media than listen to what we were giving them in real time. So when let it's more social media intelligent than human. Yeah. Is it been that way or was that just maybe Mars was just an isolated incident that it doesn't really happen like that? Um I, I can't say whether it was an isolated incident or not, but I think uh if it is the norm. It's because our analysts are younger now, and okay. that's the world that they grew up in. So they're more apt, probably more apt to listen to social media because, you know, it's been proven that um, some attacks have been thwarted sure, because yeah. of somebody blabbed on social media. And I think they took that one little nugget of success and ran with it. And okay. so now it's way past them to say, you know, I don't care that Tonto is sitting right there. And can, <laughs> know, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go with what you know what um, you know the social media says. Uh, so I think that's what I think it's a cultural thing. And that's and just that's my just opinion. Kind of I could be absolutely but, wrong. I I I agree. And again, I I, I I agree with that from my experience. But also, I think it comes back to what you said before, and what we've talked about is that we we lack. 
full circle. We lack common sense. We just can't think for ourselves. Yeah. We've got to, hey, there it is. Hey, man, maybe it might be wrong. Maybe yeah. I'm, no, no, it's got to be right. Yeah. No, it's not. These guys mm. are getting hit. No, nah, I see it on Facebook. It's right. You guys yeah. are. Yeah. So, he can't be nah. him. He's tweeting right now. He can't be attacking you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do two things at once. <laughs> yeah. I, I, love, I loved your comment on that, man, with the uh, multitasking, that we can't multitask. It just anymore. drives me up a wall. I, yeah, I had the conversation with my daughter because uh, – and I definitely do not want to get into this whole thing. But the whole uh, – the protests and the riots um, – and I made the uh, made a comment that she didn't like, and she said, "Dad, but that's not where we're focusing right now." And I said, "And why not? Why can't we do it all at once?" You know, I said, "We're we're all adults. We're you know we have the resources. We can do it all at once." And and we're seeing it. We're seeing, um, we're seeing a virus. We're seeing the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, and tacked onto that, we're seeing attacks against trans people and gay people and all these. So if we're able to say all these things are out here, why can't we each do something to fix it? It makes yeah. no sense to me whatsoever. But it's the hard thing. That's why. It's the hard thing to do. And people want to do what either – we're creatures of comfort. So we want to do what's comfortable for us. You know, it's like um, – so my oldest daughter, she's gay. She's married You know, she's married to a woman. And I love my daughter-in-law to, to death. And my daughter-in-law said to my to my daughter the exact same thing. She was like, we're gay and we're black. So we don't have a choice but to focus on, you know, more than one thing. And uh, it, it was, a, you know, it was an eye-opener for her. And I think as a country, uh, that's what we need to realize is that we have to get out of our comfort zone in order to um, – Fix things. And even if that means backing someone that we don't necessarily yeah. like personally, but if professionally, if they do their job well yeah. or they're yeah. willing to push forward um, uh, policies that are going to benefit our country, not just benefit the rich or benefit uh, right. white people yeah. or black people or um, CEOs of companies, if it's going to benefit all of us. Then we need to get behind that person, and it sucks. The question always, is: the thing is, though, I don't think there is. I don't. That I don't believe there is either. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, there's no one I, that I, I like. Again, <laughs> I, I, I have three cats. If you know, you know, one of them might be willing to run and do a better job. But um, you know, that's why. I mean, Chris knows I feel this way, and I think you do too. That's you know, I'm always up for everybody saying whatever they want on mm-hmm. this show. It, it, we try to make it a pretty free speech atmosphere, but I do hate when someone uses the show to be like, "You need to go out and vote for this guy," because mm-hmm. it's for one, it's not really what we do. Yeah, but it's also like I don't know. I don't have, believe in putting my faith in these yeah. people. I mean, I, Chris says it all the time: put your faith in God and mm-hmm. Jesus I, Christ. I, whatever you believe, mm-hmm. that's where your faith should be. Yeah, I've, I've never. I, I don't. I don't vote. I and I've seen yeah. stuff overseas that I just I, no. I, yeah. I I I I put like you're an idiot. You're not. Yeah, I I have tried to help this country a lot of years by serving and, but to say that I have faith in in uh, a, a man or a woman mm-hmm. that. And I, they're, hey, they're, everyone one's ego driven. Yep. Everyone I, I to say I've no, that's where we lose our. We, we put all our faith in this false idol. When we no, you've got you've got an idol. That's all you got to do is listen to what's going on. Do your and live your life, mm-hmm. and just be good by each yep. other. Protect yourselves. You don't have to. I'm not saying you have to take shit. I mean, exactly. take a little bit of it. You turn the other cheek every once in a while. <laughs> but to say that we're going to be saved by whether in this case we're going to be saved by Biden or Trump or no, you know how we're going to save it. 
It's right here. This exactly. is how we're going to say We're going to say, not me, guys, not Tonto. We're our <laughs> so, No, but it's, I, it's I true. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I'm sorry. You know, I was just going to say, like, all of these instances we're seeing, like, really could be if people just try to be their best self every day. And that's why, like, our main focus on this show is always, like, self-motivation mm-hmm. and being your best yeah. self. We would see a lot less problems. Yeah. Um, and I think people are so much uh, so much more focused on this American over here is my enemy mm-hmm. rather than, well, am I being my best yeah. self? Do I have a good moral mm-hmm. compass, yep. you know? Absolutely. And as a Marine, you, you know, you when you were a Marine, you equally hated probably everybody. everybody. So it was all good. I stand them. I'm still debating the woman that's out in the lobby right now. She can't hear this. She can't hear this. Right? No. Okay. Does it pipe out there? All right. Yeah, I say, she can't hear you right now. Right? Yeah. I mean, and I think that one of the problems is being our best self to people today means what's best for me. What do you know, whether that's my what's, you know, I'm going to throw my best PR deadlift on. That's me being my best self. It's not outward. It's not external. It's not how am I being my best self to you? You know, the way that I know you should be treated, whether I agree with your opinion or your lifestyle or not. People are just so quick to what's that? That term echo chamber. Yeah. People love their echo chamber. They love playing to their audience, you know, yeah. on, especially on social media. And again, and even in the mainstream media, they love, they play to their audience. It's so funny too, because I see these people posting, right, uh, you know, Trump memes or something all day long. Mm-hmm. And those are the people all following them. You're you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, pre- no one is changing exactly. their vote because of what you posted. Yes. And Jack, actually, Jack Murphy, he's one of my go to um uh, opinions on things, you yeah. know, very, very, uh, um, intelligent guy. Of course, he's not the be all end all. I collect all the information, guys like you, girl, you know, ladies that I know. And, um, I form my opinions, but he said that exact thing. You're not changing anyone's mind with the stuff that you post because you're posting the people that think exactly like you do anyway. And the rare times that you, I will say that everything that's going on now, I've seen sort of an inverse of the, or a reverse of that. Whereas, yeah, let's say you have 500 friends on on uh, Facebook and you post something, the likelihood is is that a hundred or so of those people are going to be like, "That's fucking wrong," and blow, and then boop, you're unfriended. So now you're down to 400. Um, so I think, yes, we're cre- we're pre- preaching to the choir, but we're also driving people away. Because their opinion is different than ours, instead of saying, look, this is what I believe, but I respect what you believe, whether I think it's right, wrong, indifferent, whatever, um, we don't add that little bit onto the end of it. We, we don't have the, the, the uh, guts to say, I can accept the fact that you don't agree with me. No, it's automatically you're, you know, you freaking idiot Trumper or you <laughs> liberal or like – it, it, we're quick to call names. We're quick to quick to label people, and um, of course, as we're all taught, you can do a thousand good things, but that one bad thing you do or say—that's what people are going to remember, and that's exactly what's happening, you know, in this country. So, like with again these the riots and the the protests, two separate things, whether people want to believe it or not, two separate things, but because, and this is my rare blaming the media because we're inundated with. The riots, the the protests, and what uh, sparked those completely obliterated. Gone. No they one would, remembers. Even it. Knows. Yeah, yeah. most people gone. won't even remember it. They'll just remember the the riots and the looting and things like that. And uh, it's designed that way. 
Well, and yeah, right, left and right, right, right doesn't help on that because that's all that's all their report. How awful, awful, and they are right. It's all awful. People mm-hmm, are losing absolutely. their businesses. They are, yep. but but it's like again, we we could even even the right could win so many more people over by coming back and circling back to what that focus what, was, and yeah, not making, it, making it as a derogatory. Exactly. Hey, well, this yeah. is what it was about. Yeah. Look what it's gotten to now. It's like, hey, none of this started in a vacuum. Go back to why it all started yep. in the first place, you know. As an objective report, not mm-hmm. a, oh, well, this is what always happens yes. when there's protests, and, and which, which actually, that's what some of them have done. Mm-hmm. That my wife, my wife, she does still read me news at night. She, she do you want to hear <laughs> this? Like, to no, I don't want to. <laughs> no, I, I don't like. It. Well, I'm gonna tell you anyway. All right, what's going on? But. Uh, but no, I, I completely agree with you. And, and but just living good, uh, just having a good virtuous life, mm-hmm. living a good life, this we wouldn't. This stuff would end. It would. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, it, yeah. w- it would. People, but people want to believe that they want somebody yeah. to come in and squash it, or let's yeah. ha- or let's have a civil war. Yeah. Like, are you shitting me, dude? Yeah. Really? No. That, that gets no, tossed around I, so I, much. I, I, you don't want nothing. Oh. No. Yeah. We don't want yeah. that. You have no idea what yeah. you're asking yeah. for with that. Yeah. And that would. Uh, well, I don't even want to go I'm down sure, that route. I'm sure we just triggered a lot of people with that. <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah, yeah I'm sure there's that? a lot of people triggered with that. You know, what's wrong with the Civil War? Every every country <laughs> needs to do cleansing every now and then. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, I, hey, you know, I, I, uh, but I, I did want to ask about your Marine service. I, yeah. I love when we get veterans in because there's always people young. There's youngsters that listen to our show yep. that are thinking about going in. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'd love to, you know, give them if you could give them some advice, how you prepared. You know, I, it, I know it was 20 some years ago. I'm, I'm old, too, brother. Yeah. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not but um, what would you tell them? Because I, I just got asked again last week, hey, I want to go to Rangers. What are you thinking? Well, I've been out for you know a while, but this is what I would yeah. advise you to prepare yourself with and how your mindset needs to be before they go into boot. Absolutely. So, so uh, I'd wanted to be a Marine since I was like six, seven years old. Um, my parents said that I, uh, and I think you've heard this story already. When I uh, was like six or seven, I came up to them and announced that I was going to be a Marine. I like the Oakland Raiders and I like the <laughs> Michigan Wolverines. The last two, because of their helmets, knew nothing about them, nothing about football, just like the same helmets. as Chris. You always yeah. say you like the colors, the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's it. So, um, and I'm still a fan. But uh, so with the Marine Corps, at the time, there was no uh, click here and you can, I'll send you my whole, you know, soft preparation, uh, you know, workout thing. There was none of that. So yeah. I just read every single thing I could find on the Marine Corps. Cause then I love history too. So I read everything I could. Um, and I wanted to be a pilot and again, I love aviation. So, um, read everything I could about that. And I talked to before I even thought about or not even thought about before I was able to join, I started talking to recruiters. Like I would go into recruiter's office, you know, have my mom drop me off and be like, oh, this fucking kid again. Um, and I would go in and just look at the posters and ask questions. And so when it was time, when I was old enough, um, they were ready for me. They, you know, I already knew I was going on an infantry contract and, uh, you know, I already knew what I wanted to do. So, but in there, in that, in, in the interim before I went, I played sports. So I'm not saying that everybody has to play sports, not at all. But it, if you, it, helps, it does help because not okay. just the physical aspect of it, but it teaches you teamwork, it teaches you pain, it teaches yeah. you loss, um, you know, all that stuff. So uh, I, I played sports and I also, you know, worked out on my own. Um, I think, I think it's a little easier today because you can Google a lot of stuff, but. Um, 
people who are really trying to get in this should know that uh, it's not the necessarily the power lifter that does well or the bodybuilder or the marathon runner or it's all of those things like you don't have to be big but you have to be able to do pull-ups you have to be able to do crunches you know you have to be able to run which i cannot stand you know at this point if you shoot at me i'm just gonna walk fast and zigzag well you're That's currently it. a you know power lifter yeah right, right? that and does nothing for my running which by the way i, I have to ask That's, this has probably been crazy uh-huh. not being able to do your max lift actually and- um uh, our gym is back open um, with modifications. Hell We're yeah. allowed to um, open back up. So, Did, have, so have you lost strength? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm basically not starting from zero, but kind of like I work out at home, but I don't have a full exactly. uh, setup. So um, anyway, yeah, I just want yeah. to put it back to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you don't like running. Yeah. No, I hate <laughs> the opposite running. of this. So, guy. Yeah. Oh, God. Don't ever ask me to <laughs> ever. I, I, uh, listen, I, you I can also shoot. Sense. So if we're together and somebody shoots at us. I'll walk fast and zigzag. You shoot back, and we're that, good. You got. It. I'll run it, but I, I'm not a powerlifter, so if you get shot, I'm not carrying your ass. So. <laughs> That's all right. I'll just lay there anyway. Be like, finish it. But uh, yeah, so um, you got to be in shape, but you also. So I found personally because I guess I was already in shape, good enough shape. For me, boot camp was hugely mental. Huge. I mean, it was just like the stuff that they quote unquote do, and it's not like full metal jacket or anything like that. They're not beating on you or anything like that. But um, mentally what they make you believe what you're capable of doing and what they're capable of doing to you is just amazing because literally you get so into the, the regiment of it that by the time you've done it, whether that's, um, you know, swim calls, I was just telling somebody not long ago that I don't know if it's changed or not, but when I went through, Part of swim call was the first thing you do is you go to the shallow end of the pool, you jump in, and you literally walk across. It's waist high. You know, it's waist high. I saw guys lose their absolute minds having to jump into that pool. But by the time that week, I believe it's a week, swim calls, yeah, um, is over, they're jumping off the 10-foot, you know, platform and saying, I can't believe I just did that. Because you're so regimented and you're so, I don't want to let my, you know, fellow recruits down that you just do it. And- all that translates, you know, farther on down the line into combat, and you know, you would know that. Um, but uh, so to prepare, I think obviously you need to be in shape, um, and they're very good at before you go getting you into shape. Your recruitment, sta- recruiting station. They do that now, right? Yeah, they they're, 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 they're police. Well, we didn't do that in the past. Now, like PT in the yeah. morning at mm-hmm. your recruiting station. Yep. Yep, absolutely, and they'll do like PFTs, you know, mock uh, physical fitness tests, and uh, all that stuff to get you prepared. But what they can't do is completely mentally prepare. You have to get in that mindset. My mindset was they can't. They're not going to kill me. Well, at least not purposely. They're not going to kill me. So, <laughs> you know, um, so I was able to get through it with no problems at all. The problem is <laughs> I internalize things. So the week in Marine Corps boot camp, and I think they still do this, when you're done with boot camp between the time you yep. graduate to your next school, they give you like 10 days off. So – I had uh, my oldest daughter at the time, and I remember I'm playing with her, and my stomach's bothering me. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up, and my uh, cousin is banging on the window because I'd passed out. I had an ulcer because I'd internalized. Oh, you internalized all that. Yeah, and it all came out as an ulcer, and there's like blood on the floor, and my daughter's looking at me like, "The hell's wrong with you?" And uh, (laughs) yeah, so um, I think something that can, especially today, with the the focus on mental um, illness and all that other stuff, if this is what you want to do. Understand 
and B, accept why you're doing it, what you're going to be getting yourself into, and having an outlet for the stress. Like you get free time at night, you can write letters and all that stuff, but you're still under stress there. The thing to tell yourself is it's only in the Marine Corps um, world, it's 13 weeks, I think it is. Um, it's not forever. So you can either quit or you can stick it out for that 13 weeks and then you're not home free, but you're, you're a Marine at that point. And uh, so I think it's, uh, for me, the mental part of it should be about 80% of it. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. I agree. You're, you're, you can push yourself past physically as long as your brain doesn't doesn't shut down. Um, Absolutely. I, and you know, I, I developed myosin colitis, which is basically ulcers in your was in the military. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was from Fort Benning water that was heavily chlorinated, <laughs> yeah. which I basically destroyed every <laughs> organism in my. But but I, I agree. And that's the beauty though of of, of being a runner because. I, I ran and I got better in the army because a lot of the stress I would take out in the mornings, mm. just run. I'd run. I made it a point to try to beat the drill sergeants to where I'm either going to pass out mm. or I'm going to make it. Yeah. And I think that saved me from getting because I do. There's a lot of guys that do that gets those ulcers mm-hmm. in you because of the. And then also Rangers, we we laugh. We yeah. constantly laugh yeah. over the stupid shit. I mean, mm-hmm. some some guys. Article 15, Matt Best, they make a damn good living yeah, off yeah, what we, that's, that's yep. the sort of, and I love him. No, Matt's awesome. He's a great <laughs> guy. He is. He just outside of the Article 15 stuff, him and Evan and, and, and JT and all, but that's where that, that laughter comes from. He's just doing stuff. We used to do skits yep. when we were at Ranger Battalion. It's that laughter that gets you. And Absolutely. you can go that route. And the Rangers, we do, we go that goofy ass, you're an idiot laughter sort of routes, but it, you know, it can get you into trouble as well. But I do, I, I agree. I, I agree. You, you you have to be prepared mentally yeah. for that. And just say it's going to suck. So yeah. what? It's going to suck. Absolutely. They can't kill me. If I pass out, they'll revive me. Absolutely. Right. So I, I good good. That's no. Well done. I, I completely agree with yeah. you. And completely. you can't take yourself too seriously. You can't. Yeah. Like you said, the laughter thing. You you obviously got to know when to you know when is it appropriate <laughs> to laugh, not in your drill instructor's face. Um, but you you have to be able to see the humor in it, and you have to have a reason an external reason for doing it. Yes, it's, you know, I want to serve my country, the altruistic stuff. But for me, I had a picture of my brand new daughter that, you know, she was my motivation. So um, the day, well, the day before you graduate, it's like family day where they, the families come on the base and you show them around and stuff. And I remember my mom and my uncles and my dad and everybody getting out of the car and my mom is holding my daughter. And the last time I'd seen her, she was, you know, couple months old or whatever and um all of a sudden my mom puts her down i'm like no she's gonna fall and she's like just wait and my daughter walked to me and it was like holy shit that told me right there that was made it all worth it that made 13 weeks worth it you know so you just you have to have that mental motivation that external motivation and some people are like well i don't have a family or my family's shitty or whatever it is that's fine there's something else that you're doing it for if you're doing it for a paycheck and free college you may last long but you're not going to go far so you're not going to go that the yeah, distance it's and it's i want to tell guys it's okay and i think I, jack and i actually talk about it on on the show we talk mm-hmm. when we do talk it's okay to be self-serving too it's okay to say you know what I'm doing it because I want to see exactly. if I can. for me. I want exactly. to get that beret. I want to get that scroll. I want Absolutely. to get that. Yeah, you know, I, I want to get wear the uniform. I I want to accomplish something. Yep. There's nothing wrong with being Absolutely. selfish for everybody to say, "Oh yeah, I'm doing it for my country." Well, yeah, you are, but it's really that's that's what they the recruiters yeah. want you yeah. to say for the commercial. 
<laughs> You're doing it for yourself. For yourself. The farmline was, man, that cool ass black beret. Yeah. I want that damn beret. Exactly. Because I'm gonna look cool. Absolutely. It, <laughs> or the driving far, driving force with it. So yeah, it's I, so I always tell guys, it's okay to be a little selfish to want to accomplish Absolutely. this goal. And then when you got a family, that's even more so. Because like, man, yeah, you, you are. I, I, no, well said again. Thank Perfect. You. That's awesome, man. Well. Wrapping things up here, uh, you could follow you on Twitter, but you've been, you haven't been very active. Can here. I say, am I allowed to use that word just once? You're, fuck yeah. Fuck okay. Twitter. No, I, just, I really can't. I cannot stand that. It's just. I, should I even give I, your name out then? <laughs> no. James Powell is, he's, I'll say, he's, he's definitely not an influencer. Yeah. He's not uh, on TikTok. I can't stand it. I, I am on Instagram. This For those who don't know, this is James Powell's not my true name. Um, I was, when I started writing for another. Um, <laughs> entity. Um, I was told. So, if you could, I've gone with your real name this whole episode. We don't have to call you James Fowl. I mean, you can call me Jason if you want. Yeah, <laughs> my, Jason. my first name is Jason. Oh, you it. It's too late yeah, now. It's true. I just ruined a lot of people. Just took my poster off their walls now because of that. Um, so, when you, if you have our former Intel, um, I know agency for sure. I don't know about others. Um, if you decide that you're going to write. You're going to do speaking engagements. You're going to do anything about your former life in that Intel agency. You have to have it cleared, um, whether it's a book, whatever it is, by um, I think it's called the Personnel Review Board, PRB. Yeah, it's PRB. Yeah. Yeah, um, PRB. You get a clearance lawyer yep. to do that to the and PRB. So when I started writing for that other entity, um, I started sending in my articles to them, and they would come back and say, you know, they would redact this out or whatever. Stuff that, yeah. of course, we all think is stupid, but they have the reasons for doing it. So one of the stipulations of me being able to do that was they said, you cannot write under your true name. So I picked – I don't know why I picked James, but Powell is because Colin Powell is one of my personal heroes. And I'm guaranteeing, oh, guaranteeing okay. people people took – uh, my poster off their wall after that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fuck Twitter. No, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and I'm not talking necessarily because of his policies at all. I mean, just mean his his uh, life story. Yeah. So, um, but the same way a lot of people feel about John McCain, right? I mean, no one could discredit John McCain's life story. Absolutely. But a yeah. lot of people hate his politics, yeah. understand. Absolutely. You know? So that's why I really liked him. And, true story, I was uh, taking a piss in a. Um, Rest stop in on 95 in Maryland. He walks in. Thank oh, God no. he's socially distanced, but he. <laughs> right and his. You uh, didn't say nice his, uh, Mr. Powell. <laughs> and I guess it's. Uh, I guess it would be DSS at the time. Um, stood literally with the door open and just stared at me, and I felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, so he had, he had security. He had security. Yeah, he stood there. right in the door and just stared DSS, at me. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. And I, so I didn't slap him on the ass on the way out. But <laughs> yeah, but I got to piss next to Colin you Powell. You have so. hair on your yeah. nutsack if he does that again. You don't slap him on the ass. Dude. Well, I now I can. Private off. citizen, pow! Good game. Yeah. <laughs> So no uh, social media we're promoting or uh, no. <laughs> no, not not under right. that name. All right, no, so there's nowhere you're gonna find this man. Yeah, no. We need more influence. I mean, you on can the find, podcast. Listen, here's the no. If you want to follow me on on Twitter, I am at James Powell. Right? Do you tell me? No, it's uh, at J Powell one one nine two. There you, you go. You have like a decent following. Too, I like know, but even. I just I, I couldn't take it. And with everything that's going on now, and like people who are still on there have told me, just stay away from now. You guys are both off of it. Yeah, I've barely like, been on. I, I had yeah. like a I had, what a two hundred seventy thousand or yeah. something. 
And I was like, screw this shit. Yeah, this is – I shit canned it. Yeah, like, they're good people and I, I appreciate those following me and maybe I will – probably jump back on there to you know just it's to toxic, look around no, but yeah toxic. there and you don't really know the people you're following that's part of the problem is there was a guy who was following me and um i accepted him because of who he knew he would follow people that i followed and who followed me and all that. so i just figure sure. okay um you know foolish me well then i start seeing this guy is posting that apartheid should have never been abolished in south africa um all this crazy crazy racist stuff and i was like so I, out of character, <laughs> called him out on it, and he just lost his mind. I laughed, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, I Twitter laughed at him. But um, it just, it's just hilarious. Like, they, some people really believe that Twitter is real life. Yeah. You know, at social media, period, is real life. And it's it's not. It's just not. Um, so, long story short, I'll probably jump back on there. But, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, at jpowell1192. <laughs> We're about to get thrown out of here because it's after two. Uh, anything you want to mention? I mean, I know you just uh, had a I course, but I appreciate now. Fantastic, and uh, again, it's 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 great info for the youngsters out there on the Marine Corps, and then the agency. Yeah, hey, good stuff, man. Yeah. It was a good interview. I really yeah. appreciate you being candid on all that. Appreciate Thanks, you. Man. It was a pleasure meeting you. Maybe. Yeah, you finally. Yeah, yeah. Good, do good I stuff. call? So did I say Jason or Jim? I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I'll answer to either. <laughs> Or wallet, or hey, I need to go well, to the store. <laughs> can you say your call? I know you probably had a call sign, right? I did. Um, it well, was so. Well, it wasn't delicious Jenkins, right? That's no, your, uh, that is my alter ego. <laughs> delicious, if you're out there, I'm coming to get you, baby. Um, so it was uh, Coco Ninja. <laughs> I like it. I, I have heard that. Oh, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Whenever I, I would be Ninja. turning back into the yeah. um, the base, you know, down the street from. And yep. you know, in Kabul, and I would have to yep. call my call sign to come in. All you'd hear is giggling on the radio. They're like, "Come yeah. on in, Coco Ninja." I know I heard that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. That. That's hilarious, dude. That's so awesome. I remember that. Okay, Coco Ninja. It is. We're done. Another episode in the books. We are forty-five episodes into Battleline Podcast. If you enjoyed it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, pick up a shirt, tonto-apparel.myshopify.com. And uh, as I always say, we're not on Patreon or any of that stuff. So the way that you could support us is by picking up a shirt, leaving us a review, and supporting our great sponsors like Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you're going to receive the same results every time you pull that trigger, whether you're at the range, uh, hunting, or anywhere else. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, 
Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. That wraps it up. We will see you again on Monday. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. Never quit.